Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I and just I'm said it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. Maybe he's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. Oh, baby, let's do a live on a Monday edition. Bo and the boys with you for the next three. A lot to get to. A magical Sunday at Value City. We will get to that one. Certainly, Austin Ward will join us at 1033 on a very busy last 72 hours for the Buckeyes that bared quite a few fruits. Kevin McGuff, the head coach of your Ohio State women's basketball team, who authored that upset of Iowa yesterday, will join us at 11.33. The NFL weekend, a couple of great games, a lot of thrilling action to break down as well, and we'll blitz the weekend coming up um, at 11 o'clock. I was um, on Friday night when I started to get rumblings that Caleb Downs was going to come to Ohio State. Uh, it was late into the afternoon that it, that it started to become apparent that the five-star safety from Alabama, who is a freshman All-American, was going to come to Ohio State. And this is coming off the heels of of weeks of wins and wins and wins from the Buckeye side of things. Um, it, that It became, my God, what a cherry on top of an incredible couple of weeks stretch. And then... <laughs> And then it started to percolate even more over the weekend with Julian saying the five-star quarterback, number one quarterback in the rec- in the recruiting class, early entry at Alabama. And I'm going to, I think there's a very clear path of what happened with him. It's a tremendous coup for Ohio State to land that kid, uh, to land the number one quarterback in the country and, and get him coming in here. It's a, it's a loaded room now and there's going to be some attrition that will obviously happen there. Um, and we'll, we'll get to some of the details on that in just a second. But as these things were happening, the first thing that came to my mind was a an anecdote from my favorite documentary of all time, which is um, Ken Burns' Civil War. Um, I think it's the best thing that's ever been done from a documentary standpoint. It's a living, walking history book. There's a professor in there, a writer, historian, uh, by the name of Shelby Foote, and he's featured prominently. And at one point, to start the seventh episode of the documentary, and I wrote this down so I'd get it exactly right, because I remember the, I remember the gist of it exactly, but I wanted to get the wording exactly right. He, re- he, he said on the documentary, The Civil War, I think that the North fought that war with one hand behind its back. At the same time the war was going on, the Homestead Act was being passed, these marvelous inventions. Spring of 64, the Harvard-Yale boat races were going on. Not a man volunteered. They didn't need them. If there were to have been more Southern victories, and a lot more, the North would have just brought that other arm back from behind its back. I don't think the South ever had a chance to win that war. And when I first got here in 07, I would frequently hear... Yeah, but we don't, cause I came from the South and I was covering those programs in the South and the feeling up here was we're winning and we're not cheating. 
We're not paying players. We're not paying recruits. We're not doing anything. The idea here was you were building a football program on the up and up. But you would hear people say oftentimes, imagine if we did. What if Ohio State actually bought recruits? And even at the outset of NIL, we would look at what was going on, let's say, at Texas A&M and that first monster recruiting class that the Aggies bought under Jimbo Fisher and say, man, we don't do it like that. That's not what Ohio State does. What Ohio State does in name, image, and likeness is come here, and once you get here, we will take care of you. That was kind of the plan, uh, was, was the way that Ohio State, and quite honestly, that's how many of the Northern programs were going to do it. Um, and I think some of you probably views it positively that we didn't just go write checks and buy players. I think you look down sometimes, you'd hear of a report of an $8 million quarterback at Tennessee, but you couldn't help but wonder, what if we did? What if Ohio State put its full weight behind NFL, NIL? What if it was organized? What if it was doggedly determined? What if Ohio State relentlessly pursued talent acquisition the way those teams did? What if Ohio State pulled its other arm out from behind its back? Well, after watching the events of the last month, it's clear that the Buckeye football program has both fists out. One full of cash, thanks to an organized and engaged collective front, and one cocked and loaded from a head coach who, quite frankly, has seen enough. And he's ready to do what's necessary to get the program on top. Now, rest assured, this is a much different way of building the Ohio State program. This is a year-to-year thing now. This is talent acquisition for next year. And it's all that matters. Over the last month, Ohio State has banked more talent via team retention, recruiting the portal than any other team in America, second to eighth. It's not close. It is not close. There's only really one thing left to do, and that's, in the words of, of, of Lou from Major League, when the whole effing thing, standing in the way, oddly enough, and I suppose ironically enough, and I didn't think of this when I thought of the foot quote uh, when, when all of this was going down, standing in the way will likely be Georgia, which is a fitting way because we know our history around here. We know that a manufacturing economy always beats an agricultural economy. We got a lot more money. And we don't have to deal with the oil people in Texas, but we do know that. The Buckeyes' march to the sea is certainly on with everything that has happened here in the last month. And if you could just take one guess where the national championship game will be played next season, and I didn't realize this until this morning. You got a guess? Uh, I know it, so I won't take it away from Reeser, though. Let's go Los Angeles. Atlanta. Yep. Atlanta. Los Angeles of the East, (laughs) so they say. This This is Ohio State taking the other arm out. And this is Ohio State saying, with name, image, and likeness, with the pursuit of, if this is the way the game is going to be played, we are now all in. And this is something that Ohio State has never done, never in its history has it gone like this. But we can now, because it's above board, and it's legal, and it's the way the game is played, and this is a fully engaged Buckeye Nation pulling the other arm out and saying, Okay, we're ready for what's next. When the news came yesterday that Julian Sayan was also going to join the party and come up here from Alabama, which crazy month for him. He's a he should be in high school still, moved from San Diego to Tuscaloosa and is now going to move to Columbus. To Columbus. Yeah. Well, when that Jeez. news first came down, I was like, Man, it just they are just relentless out there right now in this offseason. Ryan Day has circled this season is like, I am putting everything we have into this and we are going to attack this offseason. And it dawned on me that it's funny when 
we say things, but then, you know, we act differently. And that's how the Cotton Bowl felt. Everybody's like, ah, who cares? It's, we're playing Missouri. It's the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. But then the game happened, and it happened the way it did. Yeah. And people were very upset. But I think after seeing this, I think Ryan Day actually took that sentiment to heart. I don't think he cared about the Cotton Bowl one iota. I don't think that was something he really even cared about preparing for. There was rumors about they didn't even use all of their full padded practices here in Columbus going in it because he had it circled on. Everything I'm going to do is going to be in service of beating Michigan and getting these stated goals of getting to the national championship and putting that trophy up for the next year. And whatever happens in the Cotton Bowl doesn't affect that right now. So that's that's what I think happened. And then, two, I would also say, you know, for the, you know, make sure that your your actions can match your words. Don't let somebody who is just a known feather ruffler in Lane Kiffin make you upset because he posts an article. It's not even really about what Ohio State's doing right now. It's about that 13 I don't even know million. what you're talking about. Oh, Lane Kiffin posted. Oh, you missed this. Yeah, he posted a tweet yesterday yeah. that was like, apparently Ryan Day paid $13 million to get this so? all these this elite roster. And it was an article from some random publication that yeah. I've never even heard of. It's called Gr- Gridiron Heroics and Lane Kiffin posted just the headline of it because we don't read the article anymore. We right. just look at the headline and then he posted a miss this. glass eye emoji or a guy with a What's what's the, the monocle? monocle emoji? Like, okay. hmm, what's this about? Uh, again, the headline is Ohio State Buckeyes spent thirteen million and so, counting in NIL money to attempt to field elite roster. And then uh, in that actual article, if you read it, it does reference friend of the program Dougley Maurice in a uh, a meeting he went to two years ago. So on our Twitter account nine seven one BFS, the headline of that article was posted in conjunction with Lane Kiffin's tweet that says Ohio State believes it needs thirteen million nil money to keep its football roster together. And ago. yes, Bo, my point is, yeah, don't let that so, bother you guys. Who cares if Lane Kiffin so, says? Of course, these guys are getting nice nil deals. Look at the roster right now, and that's what you get, and you're allowed to do it now. It's fine. This is this is all of them. This is all. This is. What has happened here in the last month, I, I did uh, our good buddy Heath Klein doing radio in Atlanta. I did his show last Friday and he was like, how are they doing? <laughs> he was like, he, he asked me something to the point of like, is this seem as different to you as it does to all of us? And I said, yeah, it is. This is a different way to build the Ohio state program. But what you got, and I, t- I told this to him on, and this was before Downs was locked in, uh, obviously before Sand was also in the mix. Um, what, what, what I told him was, is this is a program. It's odd that you could make this case, but I think you can. I think Ohio State, in a way, is a sleeping giant as a football program. And you say, well, Bo, how could the hell the heck could you be a sleeping giant? You've been good for 50 years. You've never dropped off. You've never dropped off. But we've also, We've also never played by these rules. We've never played by the rules that everybody else plays with, right? They've been doing it nefariously in recruiting through years. For years, this has been going on. And Ohio State's got its peccadillos, too. It's not like it's immune to it, right, when it comes to that. But now you have it fully engaged, right? You have it. These are the rules of the game. Now watch what we're capable of. This program has so much money behind it. It has so much power behind it. It has so much fandom behind it. And now they're all rowing in the same direction. And that's never happened before. And it's never been the case where it's a completely level playing field in terms of this is as simple as monetary inducement. It's that simple. So you got to work hard, you got to build relationships, then you got to have the money to make it work. 
Well, they can work hard. We know that. They're going to build the relationships. We know that. They get the best recruiting uh, apparatus in the country. And now all of a sudden, they're locked in on the money side of it too. And and who cares? Like this is the game that's the way the game is played. These are the rules of the game now. Do you think that this has the opportunity if this comes together and it works out and on paper it looks like it's going to be very good for Ohio State that they would have that similar advantage that they had before the rest of the Big Ten fully responded to what Urban Meyer was doing recruiting-wise for the, like the first three or four seasons he was here? Yeah, I, th- I think you. the only other program up here that is approaching things this way is Oregon. They're the only other one that's this mobilized and this organized. Michigan's going to fall off a cliff, right? Um, Penn State's not there. I mean, you're no. doing things now. It's Texas. It's Georgia. It's you. It's Oregon. Because it's not just it's not just the portal. It's the recruiting. It's it's the mix of all of it. And you know, I think what you got over the last month. I, I agree with your point largely on the Cotton Bowl, but I think there's also one other one thing that is that I would add to it. No, they probably didn't care about the Cotton Bowl that much, maybe in the preparation and all of that. But that did not stop from what happening there from being an incredible source of embarrassment. Because yeah. it was. It was an incredible source. It was an ill-prepared Buckeye team. And even if they half-assed it, it should have been better, good enough to beat Missouri. That won't happen again. That's what this is all about. The Julian Sayan part of this is incredibly fascinating, the way that was played. We will get to that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We're the highest rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are the fan. Ohio's sports destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Our top men are working on everything except this show. This This is Bishop and Friends. And gear up with the Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action with the playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, so much more. Take advantage. Massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest trot payouts. Try that new Flex Parlay and cash in on your bets even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter promo code the fan 100 to be a $100 bonus there. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. Here's how I think um, this was my read of the Julian Sayan thing over the weekend. Um, once he entered the portal, and he took a late visit to Ohio State. Ohio State was in the mix all along. He's a number one quarterback recruit. He's number three overall recruit in this year's class. He's an early enrollee at Alabama. His chops pointed out. He moved from Southern California to Tuscaloosa. Now we'll move to Columbus apparently still under the guise of being a student athlete, but who the hell knows? I don't know that any of that matters anymore. If we actually go to class or not, or if all transfer credits just go from one school to the next, cause they're all online anyway, who knows? That's he wouldn't even have not worry about the He's been in Alabama for two weeks. He would, it? Have been, been, would have been in classes though. Like there was like a date, a deadline. I mean, when I went long, long time ago, there's like a, a date that you couldn't drop a class after theirs. And if you didn't, you failed it. So he can't have that happening. I guess he's probably still in that grace period. I don't know. It's, it's January 22nd. Like it was usually, two weeks right are we whose line is it anyway 
I don't know. Where, where, points just, where the credits the under, don't matter. Credits just, none of it matters. No. It's un, the, the just do the football. The All right, I'll get back to the football. Up and the credits don't matter. Yeah. So I saw this end of last week. Once he jumped in, I saw a lot of conjecture about how, um, boy, I just don't, Ohio State really loves their quarterback room. I just, I just don't know if they would want to add a fifth player to that room. They really love the guys that are in there. Um, they, they, they love those guys. They, those guys are the best. Those are the guys they curated. They want those guys. And when, as soon as I saw that stuff and, and there was all, a lot of our friends of the program were writing this stuff. And this was Friday. Thursday into Friday, um, that oh, I don't even know if Ohio State would even want him because of all of this. And I thought, as soon as I saw this, I said, boy, that seems like just nonsense to me. <laughs> that seems like utter nonsense to me. Uh, because here's the deal. What I thought all of that was, was, hey, guys, get it out there that we really love all these guys. But yeah, we're going to go after this kid. This is the number one quarterback in the class. We're going to go get him. He's a dude. He, we were in on him the whole way along. And, and now we got a chance to steal him from Alabama and we'll plop him in the room and we'll sort it out later. And this speaks to what I was talking about in the first segment. Um, this is a year to year process now. And so you are trying to have as much talent as possible in the moment and then worry about 25, 26 in 25 and 26. There are no contracts. It's true football free agency on a year-to-year basis. So if you have the chance to get this guy in the building, then you take it. And you don't worry about how Lincoln Keenholz is going to develop or Aaron Nolan's going to develop or Devin Brown is going to develop. Will Howard's going to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State next year. Everybody else is fighting for the scraps. There is a potential issue with how do you possibly give all these guys enough attention? Well, in drops Bill O'Brien, right? Now you have not one, but two quarterback curators on your roster. And now Ryan Day is not going to have to give all his attention to that room. So you have a guy who helped curate Deshaun Watson in the NFL. Now in that room, you have a guy who oversaw Bryce Young winning the Heisman in that room. So now you have Ryan and Bill, and they are going to let this, these guys are going to fight it out. And they're going to fight it out. You're going to fight it out for reps. The reps battles are going to be crazy. Not certainly none of not all of these guys. I, there's no chance all of these guys are here in the fall. No chance. Um, but this is what the sport is now. This is 100 percent what the sport is now. It is year to year recruitment signing. It's like being an NFL general manager with full free agency of roster every year. I mean, even if they weren't all of such a high recruiting ranking from, you know, when they came in or for where they're at now, like in the case of Will Howard, who wasn't a highly rated recruit, but we've talked about he's a pro. He's, he's an older guy. He knows what he's doing. Stepping right in to a room. This is too many quarterbacks to have on your roster, even if there are just average players, but yeah. they're not. They're, they're all above average players. And so, yeah, not all of them will be here come the fall and they'll have to figure that out during spring camp to kind of see where the actual pecking order is. Plus the two young guys, obviously they're not, you know, fully going like, Oh, I either want to start or, or go somewhere right now, but I'll, I'll be sure? interested to see. Well, I'll be interested to see what Are they do. Sure? I think, I think one of them at least stays and, and does yeah. that. Uh, but when you when you add that in, it's the talent accumulation part that you mentioned. And that's what I thought when I saw that stuff on Friday about like, ah, I think Ohio State's actually pretty good with their quarterback room. I said, I don't care. You figure it out on the back end. You bring in as much talent as you can possibly get, as many four and five stars as possible on the roster, and you will figure everything else out. Hey, at the end of the day, you only need 22 of them to start, and <laughs> you're never going to like run out of players, yeah. I don't think, in Ohio State's stance. So I, I was totally cool that one other thing, while we're talking about the quarterbacks, I came apart this when I was putting together the transfer list from yeah. uh, from the past few weeks, but either way, 
it lists them on 24-7 sports in order of when they decided to transfer to Ohio State. So it puts the date that they actually did. I don't know how they get it. There must be some paperwork that they eventually get all yeah. of once it's reported. But Julian saying his date was 119. So technically two days before we we all, as a public, got the news on Sunday. But the one listed for Will Howard was November 27th, 2023. Two days after the Michigan game. Wait a second now. That's the date. All, that's all I know. So that, wait a second. So what is it? Uh, yeah, we'll have to look into that because that seems. Because yeah, I don't want to get too message boardy guy, but that is, that is what it said on 24 7 sports, which but that is would be news committed. to me. <laughs> that's but what that's it says. Committed 11 27 23. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, that is wild. I don't know where they, where you came up with I that. I feel so. like they can just write the date that best suits them because who's checking this? I don't know. I don't like know if there's a Howard any commits oversight and they it. go, ah, oh, just put a date down. What? Yeah, I don't, there's must be some. I don't know. Well, the other the, ones though, it just it's it was weird to me because the other ones seemed in line. The rest of them locked were, were kind of locked into where they should be. Yeah, like the 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 time that they that they did that. So that's maybe why could have been a silent to commit too, because I know they been. pursued Riley Leonard too. So I, you know, maybe it was one of those things where it was, hey, we, you know. Maybe it was a, that type of deal where it was a silent. I, I thought what, you know what happened at the end of last week, Reese, was largely smokescreen, though, because if if we've seen anything in the in terms of the quarterback room that they had, and not sure if they wanted to add even more talent to it, it was all smokescreen to me. Like this, you you added Quinshawn Judkins to a room that already has Travion Henderson. Like we're long past the notion of of worrying about people's feelings. That you're long past that now. That to me, uh, over the past two weeks was one of the alarming is not the right word, but it was surprising to me because for a while now it had been that, you know, you, you didn't want to, you know, insult anybody or didn't want anybody to yeah. get their feelings hurt. And now it's much more of an urban Meyer approach where this is the big city. We're going to accumulate for Ohio, if we're Ohio state, we're accumulating as much talent as possible. And if you don't want to compete, you can find the door. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's on par with an Alabama, right? Who had what? Bryce Young and Jalen Hurts in the same court, yeah. or Tua Tungavailoa, excuse Tua me, and Jalen and yeah. in the same room, and they said, all right, well, this goes, competing. This, you bring up Urban, you bring up the SEC. This goes all the way back to Tim Tebow, the class behind him. He had Cam Newton. Um, oh, God, I'm blanking on the kid's name. John uh, John Brantley, I think was his name. He was the Gatorade USA Today Player of the Year, five-star quarterback. He recruited two five-stars behind Tebow. One year behind Tebow, he did that. So, that yeah, this is... Talent acquisition at the highest level, and we'll sort it out later. Um, there, there is another part of this when you think about now putting this roster together that I think is fascinating. And everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people wanted this approach to college football. Well, now that you got it, there are some consequences. Uh, we will get to that and take a look at just how daunting this Buckeye roster is coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. When that alarm clock goes off, morning juice comes on. The perfect way to dominate your day or just lay around the house. Morning juice. Weekdays at 6. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What's up? What's up, man? What's up, Jew? 
All right, here's what's up uh, on a Monday edition. Uh, this Buckeye roster is ridiculously loaded for next season. I'm guessing there will be some attrition in this. There's going to be some attrition in the spring. There's just no way. Just from a number standpoint, there's going to be attrition. There will obviously be attrition in the quarterback room as well by the time you get through spring. So those are things to watch for as it goes on. But for now, this is the, the greatest accumulation of roster that was already built, retention of players who were draft eligible, transfer portal home runs and recruiting that happened in the sport this offseason by a wide margin. Um, Texas has done a very good job as well. Georgia's done well. Oregon's done well. Um, Ole Miss has done well in the portal, but this is a different level. Um, and and what the roster is going into next season will be as talented as any we've ever seen, and we've seen a lot, but it will be. It's good, like a lot on Will Howard. Yeah, it's I'm, a lot. It's a ton on him uh, to be able to manage all of this because there's a lot going on here. And now he's got all this stuff behind him as well. I mean, you clamor for five-star quarterbacks. The first time he struggles, you're going to be put the kid in there. I mean, that stuff's going to come. We're, we, hell, they wanted, they wanted CJ Stroud sent to the bench for Kyle McCord his first year. So that, that stuff will come. One thing that everybody always wanted with this, with this name, image, and likeness, and I use the analogy of pulling that other arm out from behind their back, and now we can fight with both fists off the top of the show. Um, this is when you play the NI, now that you have this NIL world, and this is the game that you play. It's hard to say it out loud, but the reality is there really is no loyalty. That's just the truth. Most of the kids are trying to do everything that they can to make the most money they can when they can do it. Their parents, this is the, this is the game. This is the world we've chosen. This is the life we've chosen, right? Um, and so what you're going to have more and more of in, in the coming years, and it's, Ohio State is fully engaged on it, obviously, this offseason. And the Julian Sayan piece of it was kind of the last, the last kind of, Last, last straw there, um, is you're going to have what is essentially year to year complete free agency in the sport. Um, and you're going to have, you're going to have complete roster turnover that's going to happen. This thing that's happened at Bama. And by the way, Bama is going to get some guys back at some point. Right now, they can't do anything. <laughs> right? They can't do anything. The only people they can raid. And I don't know what Paul was talking. We had Feinbaum on last week. He was saying they couldn't get Washington guys. They got another receiver from Washington this weekend. Yeah, so that doesn't so I didn't understand. appear to be an issue. But that when is, he said it, I didn't understand it, and I didn't check him. I probably should have checked him on it. But that I, no know. in-conference SEC rule, though, in the spring transfer portal window is going to be tough for them. Right, but they will poach. They will absolutely try to poach this roster. They will poach the Penn State, the Michigan, the Notre Dame, the USC, the Oregon. They will poach all of those rosters. They will try. Yeah. So it's not even at the end Miami. of the season that it's free agency. It's no, at any it's point coming. that the transfer portal can be open, which It'll is come in May. what happened to Bama. It, it went open again because their coach retired. Well, so the spring transfer window opens on Tuesday, April 16th, and it'll close on April 30th. Ohio State spring games on April 13th. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the OSU spring game usually falls in the middle of everybody else's. So like when the spring games start happening and then Ohio State's and then when the, the it's towards the end, Reese. Okay. Well I think it's I think it's usually near the back end of it. When that window opens on the sixteenth, you're gonna see a, a seismic shift with a lot of these schools. And yeah. you could see a repopulation of Alabama's roster, which I think has lost like twenty three people to yes. the transfer portal uh since Nick Saban announced his retirement. And I think even more from just the beginning of that winter window. So this'll I don't know if course correcting is the right phrase in this thing, but you'll see talent go to Alabama from other schools, just as you will see talent leave Ohio State when that window opens again. 
And if those players leave Ohio State, I think you can, with what they've done this offseason so far, that you can sit pretty pretty confidently that the guys leaving are the guys who weren't going to win the job anyways with the guys that you've brought in. So I think that you can get to, to that point, but there will probably be a, a couple to, you know, a handful of players, however many you think that might be, that would leave that you would, would still really like on the roster. But the one thing I like about their, their transfer portal moves this year is like it was so, it ended up being a decent quantity, but it was so about quality. Which a lot of the oh, places yeah. that have, that make so such big moves in the transfer portal era, it feels like it's always like let's get as many guys as we come in. You know, we're always talking about Deion Sanders, and yeah. he did it again. He brought in a bunch of guys out of the transfer portal because he doesn't care about recruiting high schoolers, I guess. But Ohio State, a good amount of of transfers, but all of them super highly touted. Bo, I would consider you a mover and shaker, and or shaker right. of the sure. college football world. Could you put Ohio State's, or games in Ohio State's schedule into the transfer portal and see if we could poach here <laughs> in Columbus other games? Yeah. yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that you don't have a, a game in September worth a damn. That sucks. Yeah, how it's are you supposed shame. to evaluate this roster? Like, well, actually, it's, that's why yeah. it's, it's going to be really difficult. You're going to have the Oregon game um, I guess if we want to, st- I, I kind of was making a rule with myself. Like I'm not going to take Penn state seriously for a while just cause they, well, they have know. to first. The game yeah. is at least competitive, but I do the not fear be, Penn state beating Ohio state. No, November and 2nd, then, that one, you know, like Michigan is still, by the way, that's the other thing to remember in all of this. Harbaugh has yet to take the Chargers job. Like he's going to take that job at some point. Like, has that happened today? Does it happen tomorrow? Does it happen the next day? Then once that happens, remember the Michigan roster can be raided. So, and if I they hire a they coach away from somewhere else too, then that then roster that roster can be rated. So, like, what does now that'll be a trickle down? Like, whoever they get to, if it's Sharon Moore, who it feels like they'll just keep him. Um, and then that thing is that thing could be a total mess at, at that point. Um, when you're this far into it, I mean, Harbaugh's really sticking it to him a little bit here with how long this has taken. I mean, if he in the next couple of days and then a 30 day window opens on that roster to be poached. That's and they're not doing thing. anything. They're not. They're, they're not out on the trail. Well, they are not they? getting a bunch of recruits. They're not there. getting a bunch of transfer He's interviewing. Guys. No. Who's running the program? I mean, the assistants. There's there's nobody running that program. So yes, Connor Stallions. Yeah, well, he's trolling the hell out of us, and I guess you. Did you see? Him. He's on cameo now. Of course. <laughs> Good for him. He's got to make a living. Use that fame. There's yeah. only I mean, so many was, vacuums you can repair. He was a fall guy. A he was the fall guy for a much bigger conspiracy, obviously. <laughs> so um, I think the notion he did it all alone is just laughable. But I do think what you're going to see is um, to, to the point of the schedule, this will be a, it's going to be a really hard year to evaluate, right? So we always use the phrase around here, act accordingly. Like, you're going to see a lot of the, the 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 talent differential is in the in most of the schedule next year has never been greater. There's really nothing. You're talking like seventy it's, to three type games. Yeah, you're yeah. talking a lot. I don't even, those first a lot of the bombs. The first lines are going to be like forty eight and a half. Yeah, you know, like it. That's what it's going to look like. It's it's going to be very difficult. I would also say this. While we're parading around all of this talent, and, and it is, it's a stunning accumulation. It's incredible what they've done. They are absolutely completely into the fight as all in as Ohio State's ever been. Um, that, that March through December and January will be the most pressure packed thing that anybody around here has ever been a part of. Because when you go this all in, and this is all in, <laughs> when you go this all in, 
really the only thing that's going to satisfy is the ultimate prize. Anything less than that now would be a wild disappointment. And everybody up there at the Woody knows that. They know what they signed up for. They signed on the line, which is dotted. And with that and with the actions of this offseason, that is now the expectation. It's to win every game you play. And nothing else will be satisfied. Is going to be satisfactory. It just won't. We talk about the front half of the schedule being so un, unappealing to us as you know, people who want to watch this Ohio State football team and see what it can really do. But if they if this works and they are that good and they can win all of their games, you're talking about essentially five straight playoff level games at the end with, with a Michigan and just how hyped up that'll be. We still don't know exactly like we were talking what Michigan will be, but still that game will be so important to everybody involved. Yep. Then a Big Ten title game against not notably not a Big Ten West team. Not Big Ten West. The second best team in the Big Ten. And then you would, if you win the Big Ten, you would likely be one of the buys and then three more games in the playoff. And that yep. would have ended yesterday. Uh, a year from now, it'll be on the 21st. 20, yeah. Is it 20th, 21st, something like that? So, 20th. Yeah. Okay, so two so, days ago. So, so that's it. Yeah, so think about that. Think about like just just us doing this job, what the last month will look like a year from now. It would actually probably be this day next yeah, probably. year. If they do it on a Monday, yeah. it would be yeah, whatever this day is. But just think about every one of those weeks leading into a game. Some of those games are on Thursday. Some are on Fridays. Crazy schedule. Um, but that's going to be the reality of all this. And and it's they they put their best foot forward and they pulled it all. This is everything thrown at it, as big as you can do. And the the pressure will be. I mean, it's crazy when you just look at who came back. Even if you did nothing in the portal, who came back? Even if you just got Howard, like forget the rest of it, all the rest of it, all the other cherries on top, five star quarterbacks, safeties, all Americans, all of it. Forget it. Just bring in Will Howard and bring everybody back, and you're going to be third in the country to start the season. That's it. And now you did all this other stuff on top of it. Man, it's uh it's a stunning accumulation. You tip your hat to them. They were aggressive, they were dogged, they were determined, they were all of the things that needed to be, and now you see the full power uh of the Buckeye Nation. And this roster will be the best example of that. It was a really cool day yesterday on campus. Uh a good weekend for both the basketball teams on campus. Uh but kind of a cultural event, I would say, yesterday. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Producers, co-hosts, friends. Some of those things are true. You're listening to Big Up and Friends. Hey guys, it's Shops. And a couple weeks ago, I recognized that I had made a difference. No, it wasn't saving a puppy from a well or pulling an old lady out of a burning building. Remarkable as those would have been, this one was pretty cool too. I saw Austin Ward reach his goal of dropping 50 pounds 
thanks to Awaken 180 weight loss. Why was that so cool? Because he thanked me for introducing him to Awaken 180. And now, if you were listening to the show earlier, you heard the spots. Scotty Vegas is on the train. So he started it a few weeks ago, and he's already dropping weight. He said he's already down a belt size. He's hiking up his pants more. I know just what it's like to go through all that. And it's it's great to see the other people go through it, too, and see that Awaken 180 truly does work. I was not lying to you guys. Awaken 180 is the real deal, and I'd recommend them to anyone. Call Awaken 180 at 84. 84- Four three four six eighteen hundred. That's eight four four three four six eighteen hundred. Or schedule your consultation online at awaken one eighty weightloss dot com. Bishop and friends, we're sponsored by Awaken one eighty fast sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss. Awaken one eighty weight loss. We had youth basketball yesterday, as I do every weekend, and we were coming out of a game uh, yesterday afternoon. And it's in one of these places. If you if your kids play youth sports, you know you got four courts lined up. It's you know the rubber floor, and everybody's playing, and there's games everywhere, and whistles everywhere, and you can't even keep track of it all. It was all boys, boys games. So there's four different boys games. You got uh you know two teams playing on four courts, and then two more teams ready to get on. Teams coming off. Hundreds of people at this thing. I mean, this is what it is. This is what I sign up for every weekend. And as we're walking out, they have kind of like an entryway with a television on. And I see dozens of people clamoring around this television. And I, you, sometimes you lose track of the time of day. <clears throat> and I thought, God, is the NFL stuff started already? Like, what is everybody so locked into here? Um, and as I got closer, it became apparent what they were locked into. They were locked into Iowa, Ohio State women's basketball, and they were locked into Caitlin Clark and and this Buckeye team. And it was you were there, Chops. I want to lean on you on this. Um, it was such a surreal thing to see as all of these parents and boys, grades four through six, stopped in their tracks to watch this. And we did, of course, we did too. And and you you watched. And it was a show. It, I've been to some incredible games at at the shot and been in some in ridiculous environments. I remember Duke coming in uh, when Ohio State was one and Duke was one in the country after they played in the Maui and LeBron was there and Dwayne Wade was there. Kind of had that type of juice from a t- from through the television perspective. You were there. Obviously, this is your crush in Caitlin Clark. So <laughs> you you'd gotten the press. What what paint a picture of what yesterday was like. So it was probably the most raucous I'd ever been live in person to a shot game. Like, I think the closest thing we could get were, would be any of the fever pitch type games like when Aaron Kraft. That was like the the last time that I've seen something like this in the shot. But it was the first time that I was in the building for it. It was completely sold out. That wasn't just them trying to, to tout their own record. You could look around and you could tell everybody was there and everybody was into it. 18,660, an Ohio State women's basketball record and the most to watch an indoor women's basketball game this year in the NCAA. They had to wow. stipulate indoor because Iowa played that game in Kinnick Stadium. In the stadium, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, that's what I think was the, the one they had to stipulate for. But yes, the crowd was super into it, and it was it was very scarlet and gray, and you could see the pepperings of the black and gold, but because of the star power of Caitlin Clark. And I say this without, I don't even think this is hyperbole at this point. She is the biggest star in college sports right now. There's nobody else who is demanding as much attention that is a a current college athlete than her. I'll second that. Yeah, I was going to go. Yeah, because current, you say current. Uh, You know, look, I'm sure that there is. I'm sure that there. I'm 
Like, is Caleb Williams more recognizable? Like, you'd have to go to that. I mean, he, you but know, he's like, not but driving ticket right there. prices by the end of his no, season he's anyway. Not, he's so not. She I is. think it's probably fair. You said it, and I wanted to make sure we weren't prisoner of the moment and too much hyperbole. But like, she's in State Farm commercials. She's on the sidelines for Chiefs games. The Peacock commercial to say they have sports is literally a Premier League highlight, and then Caitlin Clark second. Yeah. And we saw this last year in the tournament when those tournament games, she, it was so critical that she went with Iowa on a run to the final four because, because what that allowed for is it allowed for a whole week of buildup. It allowed for, um, I don't even remember who they played in the semifinals. South Didn't, Carolina. Oh, they played South Carolina who had like a huge and long LSU, win streak. I thought LSU, so LSU was on the other side. LSU yeah. was on the other side. Okay. So they played Carolina. So it was undefeated against her. That's right. So that's what led to it. So that, remember folks, that was like 11, 12 million viewers was watching that stuff. That was monster numbers. So you, that was what allowed for all of this. And then she's magic. I mean, this has been pumped about. This has been talked about. I saw Ohio State saying you can get like a, uh, like a hard copy ticket. Of really? it like a, yeah, like it's like a memento. What she had forty five. She had forty five in the game. At one point, it was about five minutes left in the third quarter, and I was saying, I, I wrote this down. I said Clark is going to score forty, and she's going to have to. She had twenty six points with five minutes left in the third quarter. It goes to overtime, and that's when she got there. Had she made a chance at a game winner with under ten seconds left, she would have had thirty eight. So I felt pretty good about my prediction because she needed yeah. to score that much for them to stay in this game. As Ohio State really turned it on in the fourth and quarter, and that speaks to the other part. Kevin McGuff's got a program. Yes. That's the other part of it is, is yes. Clark's superstardom. That's what allows. She is the biggest ticket. I agree with you now that I think about it. She's the biggest ticket in college athletics for sure. Um, and, 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 but you have to be worthy of it. And McGuff has built a program that's worthy of it. He has studs. He's got people like JC Sheldon, who's been here for a long time, who had every free throw down the stretch. He's got Cody McMahon, an Ohio girl who puts up a 33 and 12 spot. I mean, this is, this is program building at, at a very high level. And if you can beat Iowa, well, by God, you can beat anybody. Because it would have been easy. There was a point early in the fourth where Iowa finally got to stretch the lead a little bit, and it got to like nine, ten points. And then Ohio State turned it on, buckled down defensively, and and they got it done. They forced overtime, and then they were the better team offensively in overtime as well. And so it was already such a good win because it was they had played Iowa so tough throughout the, the first three quarters that it was one of yeah. those games where I was like, don't I would hope that the AP voters wouldn't drop them if they were to lose this game because they've proven that they are worthy of being on the court with this Iowa team and then they go on to win it and so now everything's open to you. You went, you beat a team like Iowa and if you now you have the tiebreaker, if you can win the Big Ten regular season and not drop too many games, you're looking at a two, maybe even a one seed for you. That's in the, that is in yeah, their sure. reach now. We talk about the importance of this win and how you can really change the direction of a program. So Iowa goes up 12 with about 9 minutes left to go. I mean, this yeah. is right into the fourth quarter and you kind of start to wonder is this where it just falls off a cliff? For yeah. the Buckeyes, we talk about J.C. Sheldon making her free throws and Cody McMahon just wherever, whenever She's she wanted to get her awesome. spot, she got it. EPND. And it turned into a force <laughs> overtime situation with the Hawkeyes. And then you outscore them 17 to 9 in that overtime yeah. period. That, that You build. That's a program. Now you can yeah. absolutely sprint from that. 
Yeah, it was great. Kevin McGuff's going to join us at 11.33 on one of the really cool uh, days that we've had around here in a very, very long time. Uh, the Buckeye basketball, the men's side, gets things right a little bit with a win over Penn State. They dominated out of the gates in this one and then uh, kind of played even with, with Penn State going. Penn State was never going to win the game. It got a little closer than I think it probably anybody wanted it to uh, in the second half. They get Nebraska, is it Wednesday or Tuesday in Lincoln? Tomorrow night at 7. Tuesday. Tomorrow at 7. That's So this is, now you got to stack them. Now you got to stack them. You get a win, got to stack another one. Um, and, and that's the task there. Uh, the NFL provided some classic stuff all weekend long. We will get into that coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. Join Bobby Mack and Jody Shelley for the inside edge. A behind the scenes look at all things blue jackets. Wednesday night at seven. Your home for jackets hockey. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The uncle you never knew you had. The friends you kind of wish you didn't. This is Bishop and Friends. Right, coming up at 10.33, Austin Ward uh, will go over the incredible talent accumulation we've seen at Ohio State in the last month. Caleb Downs, five-star, first-team All-American freshman safety superstar kid, came in Friday. Uh, Julian Sayan, five-star quarterback, number one quarterback in the class, transferred both of them from Alabama um, after the Saban departure. They are both Buckeyes now. We'll get some perspective on the roster-building side of things. Coming up at 10.33, uh, you mentioned the the Caitlin Clark, like how they, they where they kind of collided with the fan coming onto the court. I, I see a lot of people like want to like Zabruder film the thing. This is a hunch. Nobody was probably prepared for a court storming, right? Like that, it just then, it just happened in the moment. It, it wasn't like the plan. It's not yeah. like it was like, hey, we how do we keep this from happening? And look, let I, I hope this doesn't become like a big deal. I have no interest in this becoming a big deal, but I'm seeing people push it around, like wanting different angles and different shots. Look to me, if you are a fan coming onto the court. And I would say this, if this were Cody McMahon who was involved in this, the same way I would say it if it was Caitlin Clark, the same way I'd say it was a football player, anything. It is the comp- it is the job of the participant in the sport to get off the court in a safe manner by all means necessary. And it is your fault if you're on the court, no matter what happens. That's my view on it. You storm a field and you get smoked by a linebacker, on you. You storm a basketball court and you get clotheslined, on you. That's your deal. You are entering into a field of play. So I hope nothing comes of this. Um, and I, I, my hunch is that it won't. I hope it kind of dies on the vine a little bit today. I think it will. And it, it sounds like Caitlin Clark spoke after the game and saying that like she kind of had the, the wind knocked out of her and that was sure. it, but that she was she was feeling all right. And then she got right back into the, but we didn't play well enough today and we're just focusing on it. So it sounds like she was already ready to move on from it. She did mention Gene Smith apologized to her because it's one of those things that like, well, once it happens too, there's nothing we can do about it already <laughs> having happened. Yeah, they can try to have better security the next time they might be up there for a court storming, but it's, yeah, probably just not something that is practiced very much for the women's basketball games. Because keep in mind, this was also 
two and a half times ish more than what they normally get in the building for an Ohio State yeah. women's basketball game. So it was already a, a super packed place, and it, you could tell yesterday getting there. One, just the traffic wise, the shot is not set up well for traffic at all. No. You could have just done full stop as the shot is not set up well. <laughs> yes, it, that, that anywhere. Oh, one other thing though, I noticed in the shot that uh, made me chuckle. At one point, I was in the concourse at halftime, and there was a little sale rack by where they were selling some apparel. Guess what was peppering the entire sale rack? Bunch of number six McCord jerseys can get a pretty oh, good geez. deal on a Kyle McCord jersey. Did they nowadays. do the right thing and like make them like eight bucks? I or were they actually, still trying to charge like ninety? I didn't actually check out the price. I just saw a bunch of them, so I don't know. But it, I checked out a few things, and they were not marked down very much for being in the sale. Don't spot. we have the technology to take that McCord off of it, and you can just have a number six? So we did that with the boys because they had a bunch of Baker Mayfield sixes. So I just had a new placard made and put a Wusu Koromoa. Perfect. Not like works. not like the I'm tape on that, the famous jersey. No, though. You, no, 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 no. <laughs> it would be very. I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, it'd be very easy to transition it to a Styles. Yeah. Like, go. My my recommendation, kids, is go buy the McCords at a discount rate, and hopefully they're doing the right thing and making them a very big discount rate, and then just get a the the name placard and go Styles on the back. You're talking about that when you bring that up. It made me think, like, can you imagine the fight for single digits that's going to happen on that football team? I mean, obviously, every number is going to have a duplicate. Two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, two fives, two sixes, two sevens, two eights, two nines. But, like, even still, is there enough to go around? Well, with all the guys returning that already had their hands on a single right? digit, like, you how many are yeah, even available? You promise them, like, Jeremiah Smith would have been promised one for sure. Like Nolan and Saiyan, I don't know what numbers they wear, but I, I'm sure they both wear single digits. Like, how the hell are you going to, how's there enough numbers to go around? What number? Caleb Downs is wearing number two. <laughs> well, that's a, that is no question. So him and Emeko wear two. Like, there's not, en- there's not going to be enough to go around. Like, how are you going to figure out who's getting the singles? It's brutal. You're lucky one of your quarterbacks, at least for now, wears 33. That helps. <laughs> Julian Sain was a nine at uh, OS or at Alabama last year. Yeah, so whoever's or, in or nine, not even last year, just this is like his promotional like recruiting photos. Yeah, and Nolan will be a so like you're going to have to sort. Someone was probably promised two on the defensive side. I mean, that's a big time number. But I don't goes, know what they're going to go, do. Yeah. That's going to go to downs. And how not much, enough. Well, and then how many of like some of these guys are just going to be in completely different numbers? By no the time one they was are number one or something. So one. Okay. So every. So there's another coveted one. By the way, did you see the video of Caleb Downs returning the punt? No. Oh my god. That, <laughs> he's I like think this giant that. safety. I haven't had a punt return for a he's, touchdown in a while. He's this huge hulking safety, and he's returning a punt looking like Devin Hester. It's crazy. We're say, who, who the hell is a safety return punts? Well, it's going to be. Like, it's crazy. And they're going to have somebody else in charge of the special teams next year. That still hasn't been fully worked out what they're doing there. Yeah. I don't think they're going to hire another special teams coordinator. I think it's going to be wrapped into somebody else on the staff. But Ohio State has left me wanting not even just over the years. Obviously, we have not seen good punt returns. But last year was frustrating the whole time. It was just fair catch after fair. Like, try yeah. to return a punt. Pick What's one. the point of having all these yeah. great athletes if you're never going to try to return a punt? The um, the other part of that Caleb Downs conversation, we really haven't had it. Have it have it quickly here, and there will be more as the week goes along. Um, the the Sunny Styles part of that, I wonder if he finally gets to the linebacker level, which is where he's going to be. You know, like that type of athleticism, like you. That's where his pro 
potential is going to be is going to be more near the line of scrimmage well and if you have caleb downs too that might if you can make that move that takes the pressure off of okay we didn't actually have to go into the the portal to get a linebacker we got a safety so we can move styles down from safety to linebacker it seems like it would just work perfectly roster wise anyways and then essentially the only person returning who's not like a starter last year, because Caleb Downs was starting for Alabama, is yeah. Cody Simon at linebacker. Everybody else was a starter last Cody season. Cody kind of was. <laughs> yeah, and he played half about half the time of Steele. Yeah, yeah, he played a ton. Um, after last weekend, where, where from a NFL perspective and great games, we really didn't get many. A uh, lot of blowouts last weekend in the first round of the, the Super Wild Card weekend. We got three great ones. In, in this one, and even the Houston game was good for a half, and then it just kind of was was overwhelming what, what Baltimore was able to do. Uh, but the Kansas City-Buffalo game was special. It felt like an NFC, AFC championship game, obviously. I'm sure it felt like that way to you two. Um, the, the stakes just couldn't have been bigger. I really believed at the start of the playoffs that, that Josh Allen had the most pressure uh, and McDermott, they had the most pressure of any coach quarterback in this whole operation. Like, finally, this was at your place. This is not the greatest Chiefs team you've ever seen. This, they're not unstoppable. They've been sluggish. Yeah, it's still it's formidable. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. It's all, it's Reed. It's all of those things. But this was their year. To me, it felt like this was their year to get it done. And the game was awesome. Back and forth the whole time. And the fourth quarter was filled with some of the more stupefying things from a coach, uh, including the fake punt. Now, it doesn't end up hurting them because there's that ridiculous NFL rule where you fumble it out of the end zone, then the other team gets the ball, which is, God, it's just so stupid that that's the way that that rule is is adjudicated or the, the way that that play is adjudicated. Um, so it doesn't hurt them from a point standpoint, but it certainly took the wind out of their sails. Um, and it comes down to a missed field goal, and, and Tyler Bass missed it right, and otherwise that game would have been tied. But I didn't even like the approach to that. It, it was strange to me that I, I thought when they got the ball, 27-24, go score. Go score. Go put a touchdown in. You're at home. It's your place. Go win the damn game, and they couldn't. And so now this is another year. And I think the Buffalo side of this is is the real story. We'll get to the Mahomes side of it in a second. Um, but Allen did talk about this post game about how they, for whatever reason, they cannot get over the hump. I don't think it's a big change. I think it's just again we've got to find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. It's one happy team at the end of the season, really. And when it's not you, and you're so close, it just it sucks. When are they going to win that playoff game, though? Because you, never. You're looking at it. They going all the way back to 2020, the pandemic season. They were 13 and three that year. They they lost at the Chiefs. The next year they lost at the Chiefs. The next year they last year they were home against the Bengals, lost that one, and then again they lose to the Chiefs. They cannot beat the other preeminent teams in their conference right now. Even though they play those games, you're right. It does because even last year the divisional one against the Bengals that one had a lot going into it, and the Bengals yeah. came out and just took care of them. But it felt a little bit like that. And so these these AFC Championship level games, they never win them. No. Mm-mm. And they they beat them in the regular season. Uh, they beat Kansas City in the regular season. But when it comes to this time of year, they can't. Just felt like it was that like that was can't the Kansas City we know, like yeah. the, that we've seen before. And I was like, where had that been all year? And with Buffalo, it was at times like there were some dimes that Josh Allen threw, but there were other yeah. times, and there were a couple really bad misses. Um, where it was like that's the Josh Allen we knew. And I was like, oh. <laughs> They had the drop, the deep ball on the drop, and then he had digs on a bomb. Yeah, there were. You want to talk about the bomb? Like he had him, and they, it was a late breakup in the fourth quarter. But I mean, Diggs had a step 
Um, it was there for them. It, it was it was absolutely there for them, and they they blew it. And and you're to the point where and I I picked Buffalo um, with the under with the idea that at some point it had to change, but even couched it with the idea of I never go against Mahomes. Since he's won, since he won that first Super Bowl year one, I pick Kansas City to win the Super Bowl every year. When we do our picks at the beginning of the year, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. And you're no right about half the time. About half the <laughs> the, years they I do. don't care. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the situation is. Mahomes. And guess what? A lot of people do that, and that's why their lines are so screwy during the year with Vegas because there's so much money on them um, every, every week because there's so many people who are so confident in that. So their lines get inflated, and it, it makes them to be a very difficult team to try to bet. I think the same is true of Buffalo, that they're a tough team to bet because their ceiling off explosively offensively is so high. Um, the one thing that was that was interesting about this, and we talked about it a little bit last week, Mahomes playing his first postseason road game. He really relished in this, um, and he spoke about that afterwards, uh, getting a win on the road. I was, I was very excited. Honestly, it wasn't even like a negative thing. It was, it was going to be a great environment. Being in here in, in Buffalo, I'd heard about it. Obviously, I played here, but not with the fans. I knew the fans were going to be rowdy. It's going to be hostile, but you appreciate the greatness of, of organizations and going in week, week in and week out and packing the stadium and being being fans. I mean, that's what it's all about. So I obviously love playing Arrowhead, but it is cool to go on the road in the playoff game and uh, be able to come out to win. I know the Chiefs had a lead for much of the, the, the time of the game, but... It felt like, man, just game plan wise, they they knew how to attack this. Like, okay, this might be a little bit different. Like the fact that Mahomes only had to attempt twenty three passes in a game like this. Yeah. He only had two hundred and fifteen yards. He had the two touchdowns to Kelsey. That was not something where they went out there and it's like, okay, we're gonna have to whip it around all day long with Mahomes to stay in this one. Make sure that we can quiet Bills Mafia. No. They just went out there and they had a really kind of almost pedestrian game plan, but it worked for them because they they have Mahomes still, and he he makes that big of a difference for them. And also, this week was so opposite with all the games, really. But last week, I was talking about man the wild card round. It just felt like chunk play after chunk play. Every yeah. game was punctuated by chunk plays, especially this one. No, these were long, sustained drives. You know, there were only three punts, kind of four if you include one that didn't actually yeah. get punted, but still, only three punts in the whole game. That's, yeah, and that's what the game goes by and you're like, man, Kansas City hasn't punt. They didn't punt until late in the second half. I thought it was just anticlimactic the way it ended. Like with the missed field goal, because you knew Buffalo couldn't get a stop. And I just wanted either that field goal to go in or I wanted Buffalo to go score because I wanted to see the ant. I wanted to see Mahomes have to do two minute. Like, yeah. go, like we've seen him do so many times. Like I would want to see him try to go uh, two minute. They, they are pure joy. He is pure joy to watch. Um, I know people are probably getting sick of him the way they get sick of everybody else, but like his talent is just sublime. Allen's is too, but Mahomes is just this is historical stuff. The the at bats, I saw him, Brady, and uh, the Snake Kenny Stabler, quarterbacks who have played in five straight AFC Championship games. That's heady stuff when you're when you're doing that, and that's what they'll have a chance. Is to he do. five straight or maybe six straight? Or maybe it's six. Maybe they got to. Maybe they both got to six. Yeah, I believe it's um, six. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. One last thing real quick. I saw a lot of people on social talking about how, well, why don't they show everybody else's significant other when they score? Because everybody else's significant other isn't the most famous woman on the planet. Like, it's, it's really I can understand, <laughs> like, this, it's not harder than that. I understand that some of you may be fatigued and you think it's a grand conspiracy. She's the most famous woman on the planet. 
You know okay. what they also didn't do? Show the other shirtless brothers of players on the team because no. they're not also famous NFL players. But I mean, that's a much lower one. But I'm just saying, like, so same look idea. At you, Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure Jason Kelsey wasn't the only shirtless person in that stadium yesterday. No, but he's the only but, one they showed. Like, I don't understand how people can't get can't understand why that's happening. You can be fatigued by it. I get it, but like. She's the most famous person on football the is built for the cutaway because of That's the way exactly. the sport goes, because you get four seconds of action and then 20 yeah. seconds of nothing. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Coming up next, CJ and the Texans ran into a buzzsaw. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and friends are here on the fan. A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good, some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The best hair on the air. You are listening to Bishop and Friends. Hey, gear up with the Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action, playoff football, basketball, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try out our new Flex Parlay. Cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older. Physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. Um, I had this one, uh, the Texans-Ravens game. This was one that I had on DVR because we had... I had a bunch of hoops this weekend as the seasons are starting to wind down a little bit and we, and you're jamming a bunch of games into these weekends. So I had this one on DVR and then it got ruined on, on, at, at the venue. So by when I found out what the score was, it was like, okay, I probably don't need to go back and, and watch this, but this was an all, I ended up flying through it quickly. It was a, obviously a very competitive game for the first half in terms of it's a 10, 10 game. And now the stuff of legend starts to come out that, that Lamar went at his team at halftime in a, in a profanity laced tirade and said, we let's wake up. And they did. They, they outscored him 24, nothing in the second half. They cruised 34 to 10. Uh, they will host the AFC championship game against Kansas city next Sunday in one. That's going to be man circle the wagons for that one. Find a way to make sure you're watching that Lamar talked post game about what he said at halftime that flipped his team around. It'd be inappropriate if I said it right here. <laughs> it would, you know. Um, but yeah, we wasn't we wasn't really doing anything, you know, to to that defense. They was playing great, um, and that, that offense was playing great as well. But we wasn't doing our job, you know, um, with our unit. In second half, we went to punt points on the board, start moving the ball, moving the chains, and start looking like ourselves. One of those things for um, from the. We, I know we talked about it because we had, we had seen Munkin at Georgia and knew what he was capable of there. And I had familiarity with him when he was the offensive coordinator in the Freddie, Freddie Kitchens year in Cleveland, not for the greatness that he had that year, but for what he said about what was happening with the offense that wasn't actually happening on the field led me to believe that Todd Munkin was quite, quite capable. And I know that we talked about the Jim Schwartz, obviously higher in, in Cleveland as being the best coordinator higher this year. This one we talked about too. 
And we, we mentioned Munkin specifically because he is a true offensive genius. And Lamar Jackson, him, Munkin coming to, to Baltimore, finding the perfect coordinator for the perfect quarterback. And then Jackson's bet on himself, which is as big a bet as anyone's ever done in the league. Like, he went all through the process with no agent and said, I'll handle it. And then it all worked. Now, there was some collusion, certainly, from ownership to make sure that the money wasn't there. And that's part of it, too. But he's reaping the rewards of it now. One thing I really liked about their approach to this playoff game is, you know, if you look at the stats, especially compared to his former MVP season, Lamar Jackson running less, definitely not accumulating the same amount of yards. And then they get to this postseason and it was it was the first play was Lamar Jackson right up the middle. And it became apparent throughout it. He scored two touchdowns on the ground. He had 100 yards that, oh, they are not going to be afraid to run Lamar. They said this. It's all here. We are the number one seed in the AFC, the number one seed really in the NFL. We should be able to go out there and we are going to take care of this by any means necessary. So I really like that. And then for Lamar, like going in there at halftime, I totally get that because in the second quarter, it felt like there were a few opportunities for them to seize this game and really take control. And the one was they scored a touchdown, then forced a, a three and out of the Texans, but then they that was they had a three and out of their own, and that was the punt return for a touchdown. And okay, so now you're back on your heels a little bit, but you get a chance. They don't do anything the next drive. Then Houston misses a field goal. Okay, they that was their chance to take a lead. They didn't do that. They got the ball back and didn't do anything. Just another three and out there to basically to end the first half. And then they came out and scored right away in the third quarter, and then it was over. They were yeah. on, and they said, they're not stopping us the rest of the day. No. They're getting Mark Andrews back, likely. Yeah. For the AFC weekend. Championship game. Yeah. Like, this is... Well, they're totally healthy, too. This is going to be a part. fun referendum on last offseason with Lamar. Yeah, it is. Like, this offseason is going to be hilarious to watch because yeah, the, of what Lamar's been able to do, not only from a, a player standpoint, he's going to win the MVP, but from everything that's been said about him, his injuries, his lack of playoff wins, this is rewriting that whole thing. How many? It's, a, it's all on him, though. It's true. We'll get into it as the week goes along. Like this weekend, it'll all the pressures on Baltimore. I mean, Kansas City's house money. Do you think there's a number of owners who both said, no, we're not giving a guaranteed deal, but have also this week gone into their GM's offices and said, why didn't we get this guy if he was available last year? A lot of Certainly Tepper. Yeah. Like David Tepper going, what? wait, what? What were we thinking? We could have just like, had I'm him. new to this game. All we, we had to do was pay him? him. We just had to pay him. That's it. That's all we had to do. We could have kept it, kept the picks, kept everything. We could have just paid Lamar. And and certainly Arthur Blank, yeah, Atlanta. Like that's that whole operation's ready made. Um, this will not take away from the magical season that C.J. Stroud had. I don't think one iota, none. Um, I think I think all everything that happened this year for him as a first year NFL starting quarterback will be remembered forever. He's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, he is going to be next year. They will have a real target on him, and now it'll be on him to stack it. Um, we, I talked about this a little bit last week. I, I don't know, gun shy or, or whatever, because of the way that the Haskins and, and Field Haskins career went and Fields career is going, that we weren't as chesty about CJ. And, and I think that happened kind of to kind of all of us. Um, but he, he left no doubt. Um, and they are going to be a operation to reckon with going forward. Um, they, oh, by the way, they're, they're also get they're doing the new uniforms this year as well. So that'll be one of the they're going to do one of the Houston blues. There you go. Good. So they're going to one of them is going to be a light blue. So that uniform is going to fly off the shelves. They are going to be a marquee team as soon as like they're getting there now. 
And it's also, we were talking about going into the game, that like this feels like so much house money for them. For them to win the division and yeah. get uh, even get a, just one playoff win was awesome for this year and not something that was expected at all. Not even really until like the later part of the season and CJ started to really stack some games and you're like, okay, yeah, he's going to be the real deal for them. And then maybe there was some expectation, but never even to this level. And so it also wasn't like CJ Stroud went out there and laid an egg. Baltimore was just the no. better team. Baltimore we do that going in, and that's what happened on the field. Yeah. It was supposed to be Trevor Lawrence's year, right? Oh, true. Yeah, for and sure. You, it was supposed to be one of, you know, a, a, a Jacksonville renaissance here, and now the Texans are, they look to be the favorite team in this because everybody's young. Oh, everybody's yeah. coming back. And it's a it's an attractive place to play. No state tax, monster city. This is a good time. Are we going to see a renaissance of former player as head coach because football guy? Well, yeah. you know how the league is. If mm-hmm. Pierce does like well D'Amico, in Las Vegas, Pierce, right. then, it's, then it's going to Dan happen. Dan Campbell's yeah. in an NFC title game. Teddy Bruschi's going to be a head coach mm-hmm. next year. Then. You're going to start to see because we're going the away thing, from the analytics nerds because Mike McDaniel can't get it done in Miami. Yeah, the only pushback I would say is, the, well, not pushback because I agree that's going to happen, but another factor in that is, like all of the the McVeigh tree, the Shanahan tree, they've been raided. Oh yeah, there's nobody. There's, there's nobody nobody left. Leaves or branches like, are all gone. Unless you want to hire like offensive analysts at this right. point, it's not the hey, coordinators the and the guys you came up step? with. Yeah. All right, uh, get some perspective on a big month for the Buckeyes with Austin Ward coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. The Chris Holtman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is the Chris Oldman Daily Show, brought to you by Incova Insurance. Ohio State with a 79-67 victory over Penn State here at the Value City Arena. Congratulations on the win. We'll begin with the beginning. A 16-0 run to start the game is always a good thing, right, Chris? Yeah, it was a great start. It's a fantastic start. I thought our guys were locked and locked in and ready to go. Great crowd, too. Thanks to everybody who may be listening that came. You know, we'd love to have more Saturday, Sunday noon tips right now. Great crowd. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, you know, it was kind of interesting because we had a lead pretty much the whole game so it's, sometimes it's hard to get energized but man a phenomenal crowd and great start hey coach uh, a lot of good things on this stat sheet but uh, one that really sticks out especially in the first half Penn State was not able to get to the line what goes into being successful in that area well I, I thought we were we were excellent defensively in the first half uh, Ron now our, our DR in the second half was 1.3 which isn't near good enough we, we, we got to have more maturity about us defensively to be able to defend people uh, when you have a lead we, we haven't done that yet, but I, I'll be honest with you. I think our defense in the first half might have been as good as it's been all year. Uh, we were just really physical on the ball in their ball screen. All right, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, and Cova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs. And Cova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Auto, home, and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks!
79-67, Ohio State defeats Penn State. Taking care of the basketball against this opponent, another high point, Chris? Yeah, it really was. I think taking care of it was really good. Uh, I mean, when you have six assists against the 11th-ranked turnover team in the country, uh, that means you're handling the ball, you're being poised with the ball, you're making good decisions, and that's led by uh, Bruce. How about the play of Felix Akpara, considering the size he was going up against today? Yeah, I thought he, you know, Felix has been so good. I didn't, I didn't think he was great in the second half, to be honest with you, defensively, but he's been so good for Whoa, his development, his his first half was tremendous, but they have 14 rebounds, six of them offensively. He's just, as you guys know, he's developing into a really good player at this level, and he's such a great kid. You just love it for him. It's the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. He knows everything about the Buckeyes. He's been offered tens of dollars by a certain team to spill his secrets. He's told that certain team to go to hell. Damn you all to hell! He's Austin Ward. Sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. More life, more energy. All right, buddy. How how did... Um, this has been a hell of a month. <laughs> how did they... Um, what changed organizationally to make, and what we can get into like the determination and the focus and, and identifying guys and then getting all of them. What changed organizationally that made this happen? There had to be an alignment shift that allowed for this type of, quite frankly, this, this coup of college football that Ohio State's put on the last month. Yeah. I mean, in terms of alignment, I mean, I, I the only person who can make the final decision is Ryan Day. And I, I do, I think that. You know, the, the gravity of the situation, the pressure that's building towards this next year, which is, we all know, going to be critical for him coming off the three losses, watching Michigan uh, hold the national championship trophy that they might have to give back, uh, you know, uh, looking at the roster, taking the, the serious self-evaluation of things he can do better, things that he can surround himself better with, the ways that he needs to approach the job. I, I, don't, I don't think that it, it can come from anybody else. I mean, Gene Smith can give him advice or, mm-hmm. you know, certainly Ross Bjork's not part of this, but you have, there's new president, you know, there's going to be a new athletic director. Um, that adds, I think, to the pressure uh, in some ways for Ryan Day. And then knowing that 
this could be it. You can't leave any stone unturned. Like I don't, we can talk about NIL, you know, con- contributing factors and uh, if there's more money to spend and, and deal with roster management and all those stuff for some of the specific decisions that they've made. But if you zoom out to a big picture, what, what has to change, I think this has been the most seriously uh, thought out and aggressive approach that Ryan Day has had, and, it, and it's not even close. Yeah, no, second safe. You, so you, the aggressiveness you had to have, I, I've talked to this, he, he's so determined, he's so driven. Um, and, and there's sometimes a fine line between driven and determined. And sometimes it comes from desperation. I think all of those things kind of factor in, but you also yeah. have to, because this is where we are in college football. You also have got to have some money because this is, this is it. This is a sport now. Like people got to stop acting like that's not what it is. Like I saw the Lane Kiffin stuff and, and chops brought it up to me earlier in the show. I'm like, so that's this. It wasn't even accurate. And we know that now, but like, who cares? Like that's the sport now. So did something change with the collectives? It is, or was what happened this year? Did it lead to more fundraising? Like how are? Because you have to have the money too, right, Austin? It can't just be yeah. we're working harder than everybody else. That doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to get into that roster management part, it, it is going to take cash. Period. Yes. Point blank, bar none. And I think that you know whether that involves the athletic department you know, tacitly approving it. You know, they can't be directly involved, although there's really no escaping that. Um, somebody has to be told where the, where the check needs to go. Um, yeah. You know, that has to be part of it. They have to be engaged on that front. And then the people who can make a difference, like, uh, you know, giving 10 to $15 a month, I think that's great. That's a, that's a part of the piece of the puzzle. And as many Ohio State fans as can do that uh, and want to see them succeed, you know, they should, and they should be, I think, rewarded for that, not just with watching guys on field, but we all want a little something in return. But they're not going to be the ones that determine a Caleb Downs recruitment. They're yeah. not. They're not mm-hmm. going to be the ones that determine Jeremiah Smith. Like the, the, It has to be the deepest pockets being directly financially invested in the success of the program. And I think that's it, – it's not even so much that Ohio State was – unwilling to direct some of those donors or boosters to do that. Although there's probably some element of that, but it's, it's just been different because they're behind like Georgia and Alabama or anyone in the SEC really have always been activated on that front. It has always been important to three or four or five big money boosters to give put money directly to the players. Like we're not, we're not making this up. This is a reality in the way that college football has always worked. You can read about, Bud Wilkinson in the forties and fifties mm-hmm. at Oklahoma in the slush funds. Like that's, that's always been part of it. And I'm not saying that Ohio state has always been completely, uh, you know, hands clean in this whole situation, but they've never been re- approaching that result. So I think that's a shift. It's no longer wanting to just have a suite in the horseshoe. It is, you know, being responsible behind the scenes for winning uh, a five-star recruit recruiting battle. And I yeah. think that, it's all those things like and it it has to there has to be a shift in philosophy from the fan base the coach the athletic department the president everybody and i do think that there has you know they honestly it's never going to be first to do that but when they do and we've said this a lot Bo, if they're not first they're they're eventually going to do it and they're going to be the best at it i made the case off the top of the show that this is ohio state pulling its other hand out from behind its back and fighting with both fists right yeah 
and that we haven't done that in 50 years. And, and now you're like, okay. And I agree with you. Like you're not beyond reproach. There's been plenty of things, but not to the level you and I have worked in other markets. We know how other things work around the country and, and and it's never been to that level. And this is Ohio state saying, okay, this is the rules of the game. Well, now we're going to fight with two fists on this. And, and that's what the last month really reminded me of. I wanted to talk to you about Julian saying, um, Mm -hmm. so, Number one quarterback in the, in the, in the whole operation, uh, in last season. He's at Alabama. He took a late visit to Ohio State. And I saw some of the stuff last week of like, you know, Ohio State really loves their quarterback room and I don't know if he would fit. And buddy, when I read that, I just thought, you can't worry about that. This is a year in year. It's, it is a year to year turnover of roster. It's true free agency in the sport. If you have a chance to accumulate talent, you do it. And, and that's inevitably what ended up happening. What can you tell me about the process? And what can you tell me about how that room will be managed? By the way, I think helped tremendously by the fact that Bill O'Brien's now in that room too. How does that, how do you manage yeah. five quarterbacks, all of whom come with high regard? Yeah, I, I'm not sure you can for long. I'm mean, just to be, yeah. you know, candid and honest about it, Bo. I mean, I think we all know the way of the world and you said it best. It's, it, it's going to be a year to year situation until or if the rules change for college football you know, NIL deals, employment deals, any of the other things that we've talked about ad nauseum, like that aren't as fun to talk about as just playing games and, and getting into spring practice. But, you know, you can't, but that's, you know, a problem that you, you deal with uh, again in May. And, and then you see what shakes out and there's another opportunity to, to readjust. And then you have, you go through next season and you want it. You always want to have four. That's been, Ryan Day's mm-hmm. been very clear about that. Um, and I don't think that, going into last week, Ohio State would have even thought that this was a remote possibility for them. Like Julian saying, you know, I remember last year going down to Miami with Burn for a seven-on-sevens where I saw Jeremiah Smith, and he said, well, that's that's the best quarterback in the country right there. He's like, I don't think Ohio State's got a chance to get him. That was a year ago, and even a week ago, I still don't think that they thought that. Um, and, again, this goes back to what we talked about off the top of the segment, that there had to be a change in philosophy. It would have been really easy for Ryan Day from the last couple of years to say, you know what, I evaluated all these guys. Uh, there's a risk of disruption. Maybe two of them will leave or, or, or you know, whoever. Like, just You have to accept that that is a potential outcome. The two guys could leave that room if you bring in saying, and say, yeah, you know what, we're good. I trust what I've got, trust the development, trust, trust everything else about the program. Well, the last year, specific at quarterback, and the last, three years overall when it comes to November have shown that maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe a more aggressive approach has to be, you know, employed here in terms of the roster and coaching staff and everything. And I, I, you, you mentioned you have to weigh some of that with being over aggressive. I think it's the ruthless Ryan days way I look at it without being Mm -hmm. reckless. But when you're dealing with the potential upside here, these are swings. I think you just have to take, uh, this isn't like, take six quarterbacks and hope it works out. This is the number one rated quarterback in the country. And, you know, Aaron Nolan's good too, but if you can get them even for four months or a year or two years to battle it out and compete against each other, that's way better for Ohio State. And it's potentially way better for both of those guys. There's no question. And I do think the O'Brien part of it factors in hugely because now you have a guy who, I mean, he helped develop Deshaun Watson in the NFL. Like, this yeah. is a guy who can handle. I mean, you want to talk about another big time guy in the room. That's it. I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, we obviously the saying stuff kind of overtook the weekend, but my God, <laughs> Caleb Downs is a dude. Yeah, this is a, yeah, a really Jeez. huge one. So, yeah, that's for I mean, next and, year, and again, like the rest of it, but like next year. 
Yeah, and I think that it has a spillover effect. I think this was already going to be the best secondary in the country. The BIA moniker, I think, has been reclaimed, and they had a chance to really cement that next year. But I, I, I think that this has a chance to be a domino that allows Ohio State to play with a couple of safeties, you know, Lathan Ransom and Caleb Downs, who are clearly NFL safeties, keeping Jordan Hancock in the nickel, and then maybe letting Sonny Styles then move down and help with the linebacker group. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens in March. I, I think that that's inevitable with the way that his body is developing and the, and the yeah. weight that he's probably going to need to play at. And then what does that mean for C.J. Hicks? Well, maybe then he becomes a jack or does other things. Like, this This is a move that is nothing but upside and not just because you had one safety. I think it has an impact on the defense as a whole uh, and depth part of that, talent part of that, uh, positional flexibility part of that. Um, it, it is a little bit overshadowed right now. But this is one of the biggest moves of the offseason. Yes. And it's one that Ohio State, again, they didn't have to make it. They could have said, you know what, Malik Hartford's there. We're, we're good. Sonny Styles, you could stay at safety. They made a move to enhance and maximize the ceiling. And I think that they have been more concerned about the risk for the last couple of years and not the reward. And that, again, this is a make-or-break year. They're putting all the chips on, in the middle of the table right now. And that's what's making this the most fascinating offseason in college football. Really is. Great stuff as always, buddy. Appreciate your coverage and your time. All right. See you, Bob. Uh, Austin Ward on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. Buckeyes, Jackets, Crew, and Panama Ted yelling about something being too hot. I don't understand it either. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Jen. Bo knows many people. He talks to the interesting ones on this show. This is Bishop and Friends. Indeed it is. It's time for a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. Front Office Sports with this write-up. Staffers at Sports Illustrated were notified on Friday of massive layoffs. Some immediately, others in short time with potential for the entire staff to be gone in three months. Authentic, the licensing group that purchased Sports Illustrated for $110 million from Meredith five years ago, has terminated the agreement it holds with the Arena Group to publish SI in print and digital, according to an email obtained by Front Office Sports. That move comes three weeks after Arena missed a $3.75 million payment that breached the company's SI licensing deal, which began in 2019. Authentic's notice of termination, meanwhile, triggered a $45 million fee due immediately to Authentic, according to an SEC filing on Friday. Thing or not a thing? Um, heartbreaking thing. This, As a kid, this was my window into sports. This, My mom got me Sports Illustrated um, probably like 84, 85, and I would get it every week. We didn't have cable. So everything that was happening in the sports world for me came through Sports Illustrated. So in that perspective, it's terrifying. It's it's just heartbreaking that it's no longer. Um, so is the SI brand, though, now open to be owned by someone else? Somebody else could, could come up with. repurpose it? Not own it, but to license it at least. Because Authentic still, it, it, there's too many companies involved. Is yeah, the are, real sure. just, Like, can't Sports Illustrated just be a magazine but yep. authentic owns it and they were licensing it to this group to other clowns. who failed to pay th- this past month and so then yep. they said okay well then 
deal's over, but it would still be available to license for somebody else, I suppose. Yeah, this is a huge, it's a sad, unfortunate thing uh, as what was one of the greatest sports, one of the greatest sports institutions. You know, Sports Illustrated did such great journalism and... Like getting that physical copy was always cool growing up. Like SI mm-hmm. for Kids, I even got before yeah. you know I moved. I I evolved to write to Sports Illustrated, and it stinks that. And this has been a thing for several years now, where they just own Sports Illustrated, and they think, well, we'll just offer sports coverage. We'll have it under the banner of Sports Illustrated, and we'll yeah. just make money off of that. And so that's what this the company that owns Sports Illustrated is just going to try to do again. Here's. Here's basic sports coverage you get on Twitter, but it's Sports Illustrated, so maybe we can make a buck on that. That's yeah. sad. It's just now the, we just know that it's completely fallen off and it's never going to be what it once was or even close to do it. Do you think there was anything that could have been done along the way or was this inevitable? Was our move feels a, inevitable. towards screens away from tangible, was that inevitable? Was there anything it could have done to save it? It maybe still would have resulted in like a similar thing happening where like the magazine kind of goes away, but they probably could have pivoted more into the digital landscape and focused on, you know, other content podcasts or yeah, you know, have all that stuff available. And maybe that would have would have saved them. But I don't know. At this point, it's just an entity, an asset that's being pushed around. This isn't that long ago that like Lee Jenkins wrote the LeBron piece for SI. No, I'm coming home. Like that's not that long ago. That that happened, and it was the thing of record. And now, it, because it, because the internet is infinite, I don't think anybody like kids these days will not have that feeling of how cool it was when your favorite team or your favorite athlete ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh that, yeah. That, oh, he shows up in a tweet. That's not going to be the same thing. It's not permanent. No. And I think you see, like you saw, the athletic kind of rise out of what many consider the ashes of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Where Sports Illustrated just goes away. They, it was like the Maven. At one point, they tried to rebrand it as like Maven Team Sites that were doing the coverage under the Sports Illustrated banner. One of these companies is Maven, but they've changed their name since. They changed then. the yeah, yeah. It's because the Maven had bad PR, and it's really it's all like when someone says like, "Oh, I do marketing," and it's like, well, "What does that even mean?" It's like yeah. the, the company that, the company that owns Sports Illustrated is just a, a VC company, and they have shareholders that they have to answer to, and it's a lot of the things with your it's it's everything what you're seeing with with journalism. It's just Here's a brand. We're going to try to pimp this thing out for as little effort and as little money as possible and then just make it off of the, the you know 30 years of what had been done. Yeah. It's pimping it the product. It's, that- yeah, it's essentially what Sports Illustrated now is, is what they did with the American Pie movie name. They just threw it on the front of terrible, terrible movies. Not like the mainline ones, but like the, yeah. the sequels. Right. Or they just throw people in there. They did the same thing with the National Lampoon's branding yeah. over the years too and that's what's happening to sports illustrated if it does exist it won't be the same thing anymore yeah, it'll never be what it used to be but it'll it'll still be thrown out there because it's a brand that people do they recognize yeah but not a tremendous amount of nostalgia for me uh yesterday after ohio state's uh, dramatic 192 win in overtime over number two iowa you saw the court storming uh among those fans storming the court air noland Okay. Who took pictures with fans, who was seen uh, singing Carmen Ohio after the win. There are a bunch of other Ohio State recruits. Aaron Nolan's now currently on the team. He's an yeah. early enrollee, but thing or not a thing? Yeah, big thing. I, I think the thing that's going to be a byproduct, and this is probably part of a bigger conversation later in the week, but one of the byproducts of the every year roster turnover thing is don't fall in love with these kids. 
because they're not going to be here. Not all of them. They can't be. So, like, this kid has been all in. He's been really kind of the, the, the flag planter in the class. And he might not be here in March. I mean, I know he said, or May. I know that he says he's going to, and I'm sure he has the best intent. But, like, you can't have five of them in that room. Yeah, 24-7 sports. Philip Duke said he talked to Aaron Nolan yesterday and that he's not going anywhere. And it's like, yeah, I, I guess for now. But I would also go like to the other side of that, too. Don't be the person who just trashes a guy because he does transfer or anything like that. I mean, no, look at your roster. It's full of elite transfers that were originally at another school. The, it, it was nice that he got to sing Carmen, Ohio on the court. I did not storm the court and, you know, because I was in the media section and obviously, Naturally. and obviously yeah. you're not supposed to even like cheer in there, but I did sing along with Carmen, Ohio at the end, just a little bit do to you, myself. Do you guys remember? Oh my God. I can't even remember who it was. Oh, was it Kramer? Love Bette Midler uh, on Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know it, the reference. I think that's. I think that's the reference. Like he just took care of her in all things. Like somehow he got in with Bette Midler. Like saved her. Like I'm surprised when the court storming happened, you didn't go save Caitlin Clark. Just ran out. Like there. just, just guard her to make sure that she could get off the court safely. Ripped off Shots. whichever sweater I was wearing yeah. or whatever. And there's it's like Superman, but it's just an yeah. eye thing under there. And I'm like, I'll <laughs> save you, Caitlin. You, you got her. For both combatants involved in that collision, head on a swivel. Yeah, you got to have your head on a swivel. To the one fan, yeah, head out of your phone. You got to be everywhere. You got to have, you got to be like, those are, the phone is a blinder, basically, is. as a horse. You've got to have, again, head on a swivel, athletic stance. Same yeah. goes for Caitlin Clark. Absolutely. Well, Blitz the weekend coming up next. Bishop and Friends are here on the fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, final hour on a Monday. Buckeye women's basketball coach Kevin McGuffin to join us coming up at 11.33 after a uh, magical afternoon at the shot yesterday beating Iowa. Uh, lots of fun to be had in that one. A crazy month for the Buckeye football program and spoke at length on that in the first hour of the program. You can get that wherever you get your podcast at Austin 10.33 as well. Uh, coming up right now, however, let's blitz the weekend. Hit it, boys. Bishop and Friends present a weekend sports blitz. All right, I believe I had that, Chopper. What did you have? Um, I had all four of the NFL games. I went Good four. Job, and you're killing it. Maybe I shouldn't have been k- picking college games these last should couple of years. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, what, eight and two in the Good NFL postseason so far. So, yeah, I, I couldn't just pick just one. Although, man, and we'll get to it uh, a little bit as we go through that game. But Lions minus six and a half. And they yep. were up 14 late. And I was like, well, that pretty much means they're safe. You're, you're I feel safe. pretty good about you're that. Safe. And then they lined up to go for two. The Buccaneers did. Yeah, and I was like, what, what, what? I don't care what the, the, the advanced analytics say, which I really don't even get that one. Either. 
Like, okay, so if you make it, yeah, your your chance to win is way higher because all you need is a touchdown. But if you miss it, then you have to get the two-point. Like, I don't understand why he did that at all. But I was like, do not make this. And then he didn't. And then I was good. 4-0. I had that the uh, Lakers are one of the most fun soap operas in sports. So it was like a couple weeks ago where LeBron said they just flat out sucked. Yeah. Lakers are 22 and 22 right now. They're in the ninth spot in the West. So it's a play. It's a play in. Yep. Uh, they beat the Trailblazers yesterday, and D'Angelo Russell had 34 points in that win. 34 points, 8 assists, 0 turnovers, and actually 2 blocks. Okay. But he was in tears afterward, and everybody thought, well, he's getting traded. And it's like, guys. They're <laughs> trading? Are they? Is that does, what's happening? It's not what's happening explicitly, but the fact that after he drops he 34, he's crying on the bench. And in the post-game interview, like he's crying, talking about what it means to him to be a Laker. And it's absolutely what you would hear. Let me see if I can get it for he you. He probably likes living quick. in L.A. and doesn't want to be sent back to somewhere like Minnesota. I can imagine that. Here's him after the game. I mean, that's what we all dreamed of doing. You know, you go back to growing up, you practice moves, you try things in your backyard. Never thought you'd actually be able to get the chance to do it. Never thought I'd be able to throw a bounce pass live to LeBron James in the game. So things like that just keeps you young, keeps you enjoying the game. It's just fun. Didn't sound like hmm. a guy who's like thrilled to go on a championship run with the team. Gosh, that's strange. I'll be honest with you. I, I, it's I'm fascinating. Not as, I'm not following year. as closely, um, you know, as I've said with the NBA as I, as I usually did. So I, I don't. That's interesting, though. I, I would seem to think he would be least of the problems. He was a joy to watch here. Did you see here. the reaction from the fan who had floor seats at the USC game when LeBron sat down next to him? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> He's good. like, oh my god! You, you win the lottery, he just froze. Then you get ice cream for life. Yeah, um, I believe I had the Julian saying was going to be a Buckeye, and I I have a text exchange with several buddies who are all like, "Do you think we're going to get him? Do you think we're going to get him?" But they're saying we that the room's good and it's full, and I said, "This is not an operation that the the mindset has changed. This is a all in." To require as much talent as possible operation. It's from top to bottom. It's athletic department. It's collectives. It's coach. All of it. It's all of it. And as soon as the kid popped in the portal, I was te- I'm like, I don't care what anybody on the beat says about how much they like the room or how much they like Aaron Nolan. And they and by the way, Aaron, Aaron Nolan may win the damn thing. He might. He might just go ahead and win it. I'm not going to bet against the kid. Who knows? But if this type of talent is available, I knew that the attitude of this specific Buckeye program is going to be one of come on home, and they did. And that's the way that it played out over the weekend. Didn't have it, Reese. What didn't you have? I didn't have Lane Kiffin bitching about NIL online. What like do you think it was, that was about? I think he's just he he's having fun. Yeah, he's a feather ruffler. That's what he does. I just think the, in the middle of it. The, it was shortly after the Julian Sane commitment. And... Uh, just to yeah. have him go out there and with some article that's from a, a a website I've never even heard of talking about how Ohio State is spending more than thirteen million, and it just if he's unless he's trolling, he very well could be trolling. But I was just like, yeah, Ryan Day said that two years ago. It's actually pretty cheap for the professional football team that they're going to put way. out there next and year, and it's coming to <laughs> fruition. It's a lot more than that, right? Probably. Well, that number was just the, using was, it from was, something that was years yeah. ago that was just an estimate anyway. But isn't it like, have you ever remodeled anything? And it's like, how often are you under or at budget? I just think he wants to insert himself into everything. Is he salty like every that he time, lost Judkins? Because they no, uh, No, I think everybody I talked to down there, they're fine with that. I think what it came down to, I think what it is in reality is, anytime there's any sort of hot button college football, he just wants to inject himself into it. That's what I think he's doing. If you keep and if you keep your name in those headlines and people are talking about Lane Kiffin, always be we hurting, are. baby. 
That's that's I think his philosophy. I think that is a big part of it. I didn't have, you know, some of it I knew, but all these weird intersections of my life that were going to happen at this OSU-Iowa basketball game. Those are the easy ones. I'm from Iowa, and I went to Ohio State, so boom, there's the intersection there. Caitlin Clark, somebody that me and my wife just love and adore, so got to see her play. (laughs) We'll see. Um, but then I had forgotten. I I knew who Cody McMahon was, but I had forgotten until they were doing like the starting lineups. She's from Centerville, Ohio, and I was like, "All right, Elk Pride never dies." And then she had an amazing game as Caitlin Clark had a forty-five point game. So yeah, I was enthralled yesterday because I was like, "This is almost like tailor made for me." But everybody else is also into it. It's almost like you were the. It was a whole game just for you. Just. Yes. <laughs> um, I did not have. I did not have this all-in, hand-behind-your-back approach from Ohio State this offseason. I knew that the pressure would be big. Um, the It is so impressive how organized they got, how quickly they got aligned. The way they were able to pull, put all of this together in is something I just never would have guessed. I never th- would have thought they would have had this full roster retention. I never thought they'd be in a place where they would get basically... 90% of the coveted players off of Alabama's roster. Like, you just never thought all of this would happen. I, I did not have it going as well as it has, and it's gone spectacularly so. Player who impressed the most this weekend, Reese? Mike, Cody McMahon's the obvious choice. Caitlin yeah. Clark's just out of this world. Like, when she's making, she's, she's putting up finish. and making shots from the, the state of Ohio logo at midcourt with ease. I mean, and just the way that how different she looks playing the game of basketball compared to almost anybody else you've ever seen is kind of wild. And yeah, and they put somebody on her the like like entire game, but yeah. She can drive a lot better than Steph, though, I think. Well, in the old days, he used to. Steph did a little bit more, you're right. It's just funny. She'll be around around the perimeter and then eventually take a step and all of a sudden be driving, and it's like, man, if you're defending Caitlin Clark, that must be a really tough task. A player who impressed the most, the crowd at the shot yesterday. It was awesome how into it they were, and it felt like everybody, because of the greatness, was still cheering on Caitlin Clark, but boy, did the Buckeye faithful love when she made a mistake. Caitlin Clark turnover, and the crowd went wild and then they were in it near the end of the game as the Buckeyes started to hit their run and then into overtime and just night and day I wasn't in the building I knew some people who were on Saturday for the men's game but I could see it on TV I can see the people you can hear some crowd noise or lack thereof and night and day what the shot looked like on those back-to-back days yeah I'm gonna go Caitlin Clark JC Sheldon Cody McMahon everybody involved yesterday because it's one thing to be one of the most anticipated Sport, women's sporting events that's ever happened on campus and really one of the more anticipated ones the last decade men or women on campus and it's another thing to actually live up to it like we're not talking about it if Caitlin Clarkson score 45 we're not talking about it if it's 100 to 92 in overtime and McMahon has 33 and Sheldon has 24 Ohio women I mean like the whole thing it takes all of them to make it happen if it's a 15 point Buckeye win or if it's a 15 point Iowa win we're not talking about it it was spectacular. It's one thing to be billed and told this is going to be great. You got to see it and the tickets and the sellout and all of it. It's another thing for everybody involved to do their part. That's rare. That is rare, man. That was a scene. And everybody involved deserves credit for it. Uh, player who disappointed the most, Reese, who do you got? Well, I guess I'm, I'm going to do this in a couple parts here. I, I'm disappointed in us, Chops and I. Uh, over the summer, we talked about the Jackets coaching search, and we mentioned somebody, yeah. a former uh, hockey legend, or a hockey legend, a former goalie, and Patrick Roy. Botched that completely. <laughs> Turns out it's Patrick Wall. Now, Patrick I Wall... I caught you. Did I say, wait, I don't... Th- 
Because it's rare that it happens to you. No, I think it's you rare. were off, and we I said off? it, and you got like emails. People and emailed. Oh, that's right. Day, I go, what? About how we bought it. I can give you guys the keys to the ship for a day, and this is what happens? And so Patrick Waugh, if you missed the news, got hired as the Islanders coach over the weekend, and he, they beat the Dallas Stars in his first appearance as head coach. Yeah. But the fact that like the Jackets had him as a candidate, and I, I don't know exactly how extensively they interviewed him. It doesn't sound like it was too intense, because they had wanted Mike Babcock. Yeah. So look where we are now. Well, that it all. Comes I'm very disappointed in you, Blue Jackets front office. Yeah. Player okay. who disappointed the most for me. Are you guys aware of the name Tyler Ott? Probably no. not. He's uh-huh. a long snapper for the Ravens. He's a Harvard man, but apparently he wasn't smart enough to not all just that. get completely juked out on Sims's uh, touchdown punt return for for the Texans. He was for, he, you know long snapper. They don't they don't get hit. They can get downfield. Yeah, he was right there and just he just walked right like a, basically across the face of him and just was just gone. So that I saw that live and I was like, come on, man, you got to have a better effort than that. All these specialists getting hurt, man. Like in the in, in the return game, the Browns lost a punter and a kicker. In the return game at the end of this season, um, player disappoint. I mean, you go coach who disappointed us. It's our entire sixth grade coaching staff. So we're playing our last regular season game on Sunday. It's a tight game, and um, one of our one of our lead guards fouls out with like twelve minutes to go in the game, and none of us knew he had four fouls. None of us knew he had three, and somehow he had four. He went. I didn't even know he's in foul trouble. I'm like, I looked at my buddy, and I go, I go, how? He's got five? Like, that's what happened here. We ended up winning the game by two, but it's a bad job out of us. I've never been so unaware of foul trouble before. I'm always keeping an eye on how many, you know, you don't want kids getting fouled out or anything like that. Sad. Bad job out of all of us. Bud Kilmer, honorary coach of the week. Who do you got, Reese? Kevin McGuff, I think, is the correct answer here, but uh, Stanford's Tara Vanderveer won, uh, I think, the, she has now the 1,203rd. Career win. They beat or- Stanford beat Oregon State over the weekend, but that's one better than Mike Shashevsky. Good all time. Who retired a couple of years ago? In case you forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah. They didn't make a big deal about it. No, really. there was so nothing. Was very I missed quiet. it. I missed it. <laughs> they didn't really report on it. There was. Some, it's funny. People were saying that that they were trying to spin that for Shashevsky. That the reason he did that was to set up John Shire and, and so some the people- recruiting class and all of that would roll over and some people have even yeah like with the Saban stuff they're like see Saban just all of a sudden retired and look at how bad it is for them and it's like no that's not why he did that yeah last one uh for me on the Bud Kilmer honorary coach of the week trying day (laughs) what he's been doing over the last two and a half weeks has just been so impressive and they continue to add guys whereas like Travion and JTT completing the all the 2021 guys JT Tuimoloa that seems like a month ago, and that was we were talking about that last Monday. And since then, they have added more guys in the transfer portal, including the number one quarterback in the 2024 class, which really means it's more of a recruit than it is transfer portal. So it's working both on the early players and the older players. It's amazing what he's done since the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that, there's a lot of good ones here. I'm going to go with our guest who's coming up at 11:33 and Kevin McGuff because uh, you could have got swallowed up by that type of game, and they were down 12. And there was a way that that game could have gotten away, and it would have been a footnote. And instead, it's a headline, and that's program building. That the gumption to fight down a dozen in the fourth. That's program building. That's recruiting the right people, and he's done all of that. I'm excited to talk to him coming up at 11:33 on a, on what was a really really cool day yesterday at the shot. Uh, the NFC side of the playoff picture complete as well. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishman friends are right here on the fan. Let me see. Buckeyes, yes. Jackets, yes. Crew, yes. Fart noises. Hell yes. The fan. Ohio sports destiny. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. Hey guys, it's Chaps, and as you know, I... Over the past year, essentially, lost over 90 pounds with Awaken 180 weight loss, and I've been able to keep it off in maintenance because of the stellar coaching that I'm continuing to get. That's free for life in the maintenance once you've gone through all of it. And now we've seen Austin Ward go through it. Scotty Vegas is just starting up and already dropping the pounds, and I would like to bring in other people as well. So if you're somebody who is a little bit unsure, I can tell you I recommend Awaken 180. If you have any questions, though, you can always reach out to me on Twitter. You can DM me. I'm happy to answer questions and hopefully bring somebody else in to changing their life with Awaken 180. It's the real deal and I'd recommend them to anyone. Call Awaken 180 at 844-346-1800. That's 844-346-1800 or schedule your consultation online at awaken180weightloss.com. Don't even think about it. Game you are most interested in, Packers, Niners, or Bucks, Lions? Packers, Niners. Bucks, Lions. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, (laughs) <laughs> they both were really good. They were both really good. I had a I had a feeling that the Niners um I had a, I thought the Niners would handle business here. I thought the week off would handle them. And and the reality was is is Green Bay is far further along than than anybody realized. And the other part of it is is when the 49ers don't have Debo Samuel, it's different. And he went out early in this game and then they never were able to be as dangerous as what we've seen from them throughout the last month. They do survive in advance. In the other one with the Lions and the Bucks and we're going to touch on both of these obviously. You're right. I was with you on the two-point conversion. I I don't understand the thinking there. I I understand. I don't need somebody to say you have a better chance to win if you convert it. And then they brought on Collinsworth to say, like, it's a 90% chance or a 55% chance. I think Rothman uses the word humanalytics. Like, it's the humanalytics of it. Like, it is such a letdown when you don't get the two-pointer that it deflates everything. Um, now, they still had another chance and all of that, but... The, it's a lot to ask of a quarterback to go the length of the field, get a touchdown, and get a two-point conversion just to tie the game versus force overtime. And I, I just think sometimes they take the the human element out of it. And I think sometimes it gets like too hung up on win percentage and what it can increase to. And it's like, yeah, yeah but what are loss percentage? Like, do we look at that always? Is that just all super factored yeah. into it? And are you are you doing this based on the idea? Well, if we make the two point conversion, we we end up with this huge, much better win percentage chance versus if we miss it or we kick the extra point, it's about the same. And it's like, well, yeah, but what are the chances of forcing overtime if you kick the extra point rather than going for two? Like those are. I think those are factors. Like, I just don't think the numbers take in enough of the factors all at once. And are they just giving you the, yes, you have a better chance to win in regulation if you go for two here. But I think there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I just think sometimes you need to focus on what's in front of you. And I, I think that just gets lost with the, well, you make this and then this and it, like it all has to happen. Like, well, yeah. you forgot to check the first box. Like, get you have to convert on that and yeah. then you can move forward. But if you can't convert on it then what does it matter you know and i I think sometimes coaches are thinking too much of what's gonna happen after the kickoff 
than what's between scoring the touchdown and kicking off the ball. Yeah, I think the um, I kept waiting for Detroit to pull away. You know, like I never really thought the Bucks would win, but I, you just kept waiting for Detroit to like okay, and then they went up two scores, um, and then you got kind of the full Baker Mayfield at his best. Like that's his best. Three forty nine, three touchdowns. He made some great throws, sensational throws. He was really great. But then you also get the other thing you get with Baker Mayfield, which is he doesn't see the linebacker. You have the ball, you're down eight. It's long odds that you're gonna be able to go tie the game, but he doesn't see the linebacker drop. He throws it right to him. It's the easiest interception in sports. And that's the full Baker is and that's the thing that's why he's such a hard evaluation. It was a hard evaluation for the Browns. It's a hard evaluation, like in Carolina. Um, it's that, that thing that I often say about him, how he is a front runner. Like when things are going great, he will roll with it and is awesome and is galvanizing and people will follow him. But the, the bottom of it is also a guy who doesn't see a linebacker drop yeah. and throws it right to him. So you get that side of it too. And that's why the Browns were like, we can't run the risk. And who knows if the Watson thing pays off or not. It's obviously been a spectacular failure to this point, but. The, the reason that they moved off of Baker was there's a hard ceiling on how far that type of quarterback can take you. You remember that commercial from like the early 2000s? It was when Vic was still playing for the Falcons and it was the Michael Vick experience and it put a kid in like a little roller coaster thing and put him out on the field and did all this stuff. And it's like, that's what we got. We got the Baker Mayfield experience because at his high end, he is a really good player and ha- it makes some really nice touch throws. But it was, it was actually before they got that first touchdown, the one they went for two on that we were discussing during that drive. I was like, Baker's going to throw a pick to seal this game for the Lions. He didn't do yeah. it on that drive, but he did it the next drive and I was like okay so I had a premonition I just didn't know exactly where in the game it was going to be but I just knew enough about Baker Mayfield I'm like that's how this is going to end he's going to throw a nail in coffin interception and that's what he did was it on the first it was on uh, CJ Garner Johnson's interception where Evans has it is it was the throw too far behind, or was it just too hard of a throw that Evan that just went off of Evan's yeah. hands? That one definitely not as much on him. Though, yeah, the, the last one was the last coffin. one was the brutal one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that image that of uh, of Hutchinson on the field, Aiden Hutchinson standing on the field, looking around and just seeing a sea of blue. Just think of the gift that a Lions fan has gotten the last two weeks, right? Like you got. Two great playoff. You waited forever, 32 years. You get two home playoff games. They're both thrilling. You win them both. That's a 30-year gift you were waiting to pay off. Like, think about that from, take the two teams. I mean, the, the Bengals have had much more of that type of success than the Browns. The Browns have had a home playoff game in forever. It's almost Can a 70-year gift, Bo. They haven't, yeah. they haven't won two playoff games in the same season since the 1952 and 57 Good seasons. Lord. Both they won the NFL championship at the end. That's nuts. Isn't that, that is pretty nuts. wild? Yeah. Yeah. And it was three years to the day since Dan Campbell was hired. With the kneecap speech. With yeah. the kneecap speech, right? And he's done all of it and was mocked and and it all worked. Everything he said they were going to do, they did. Like, um, it, it's all worked. And so... You know, they can go to San Francisco, be a tall order, obviously, but like that's the feel good story of the whole operation by far is you, Detroit. You talk about like waiting for the Lions to take it over. And yeah, the, the Buccaneers still threatened there in the fourth quarter, but uh, uh, what's his name? The uh, Jared Goff, he was like 
perfect in the fourth quarter. I think he was like 11 of 12, 131 yards and a touchdown, yeah. something like that. I mean, just spot on. So when they needed it from their guy, he didn't go out there and miss a linebacker and throw an interception. He did it. And yeah, it, it would be hard for me to find a Detroit Lions fan who doesn't have a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings right now. Is this Apex Michigan? I don't want to talk about it. Apex Michigan football? (laughs) Yeah. Like, if these guys go, I mean, I suppose the only thing that would make it better for them is if the pure Michigan ads were still running with Tim Allen. Like, that was probably the best Michigan's ever been. You know what bugs me the most about the whole thing watching yesterday? I see Aiden Hutchinson. He's wearing 97. And I was like, Ohio State's good defensive ends were wearing 97 before he was in college. And now he's (laughs) doing it. He's just mocking us. (laughs) Does... I mean the the cat the whole cast of Tool Time. Those are your honorary captains. <laughs> They're all there. All three yeah. of them, right? The old Pam Anderson, Debbie Dunning. Get them, bring them all back. And uh, Al, yeah. right? Al, Al Borland. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. Bring it all back. The he's kids doing. Com- what I see him doing commercials. About? He is in something. Yeah, right. he does uh, like some like flooring commercial. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the Niners survived. The Packers probably deserve better than that. This is the third time that uh, Shanahan has sent LaFleur home packing in the postseason. So that's becoming a familiar situation for both of those teams as the Niners are back in the championship game this weekend. It'll be in San Francisco, 630 on Sunday. I wish these games were Saturday, Sunday, by the way. They need to Sunday. be. You want some early lines? You got the Niners, uh, seven-point home favorites over the Lions, and then Ravens, three-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Chiefs. Chiefs for per our friends at Typico Sportsbook. Sheesh, it's hard for me to. I did it once. I can't imagine going against Mahomes again. Like I feel like I've learned my lesson. I always roll with him. I'm not gonna. It's early, but it, it feels like I probably won't. Magic on campus yesterday. The man who was in charge of orchestrating it, Kevin McGuff, joins us coming up next. Bishman friends, right here on the fan. During this 10-second promo, Rothman will lose money gambling on something. People like you come here and blow the family nesting that built this town. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. Well, it was one of the coolest events on campus in a, in a very, very long time. Captured the attention of everybody. Uh, one of the men certainly responsible for it is Kevin McGuff. He joins us on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. I said this earlier in the show. It is one thing for something to be built up. It's quite another for it to be lived up to. Did you get a sense Sunday morning that, that it would have the chance to be as special as it was yesterday? Yeah, it, it really was incredible, and I'm just so appreciative of the community, the way they came out to support our program, and this game in particular. Obviously, we had a, a great team in the house and a special player in Caitlin Clark, but uh, I, you know, I, I was hopeful it would, it would kind of be what it was, um, but until you actually see it and feel it and experience it, you don't know, um, but you know, it couldn't have went any better. It was an incredible game and, and just an amazing atmosphere. It really was, and the, the guts of your group, Coach, I mean, you're down double digits in the fourth, and you think, boy, this could go away. We've seen this a lot with Iowa. Like, this starts to happen, and it goes. Um, what What were the moments there in the fourth that, that got it back under control and, and you your kids kept their faith? 
You know, it was amazing. Is um, I called timeout down twelve, and you know, kind of huddled up with the coaches. And it's sometimes you got to go into the huddle and you got to inspire confidence in your team in that mm-hmm. in that moment. I walked into the huddle and they're all looking at each other, yelling at each other. We got this. We got this. We're not going away. And so I was like, all right, I didn't have to say a whole lot. <laughs> and um, so, so really, our players were, were extremely motivated. They were extremely confident, and it was just really great to see them play the way they did down the stretch. Yeah, and coach, and it, and it, you know, you think about you're building a program. Remember when you got hired, and, and Kels was early on there, and the incredible career he had, she had, and and then you want to stack it, right? And now you got it. You, you have a program, and I think about JC's Dublin girl played 45 minutes for crying out loud yesterday. Cody's at yeah. 33 and 12. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. th- these are Ohioans. Um, on the biggest stage in the sport in front of 20,000 people. Like, this had to be when you took the job, everything you thought or – did you even dare to dream something this big would be possible? Yeah, it was it, it, it was it was hard to dream, you know, this big. But uh, to see that happen yesterday was just amazing. And, you know, I'm hope, really hopeful now that we can build off of this, not only with this current team, but in recruiting and with it, getting more people to the games. And so I think that was a signature moment that we have a chance to really build on. Well, you know how it is around here. If if we start to hear that something's pretty damn cool, we'll show up. And so yeah, yeah. you're you're doing your part in in terms of that. And and the, another thing, we're in a really cool time in the women's game. And and Caitlin's a big part of that, obviously. But last year's tournament, um, when when you're seeing when I saw these television ratings in, in the women's game in the Final Four, 10, 12 million people watching Final Four games, Elite Eight games on the women's side of things. We we're gonna have a new television package that that is gonna even take um, kind of more advantage and get even more back to the women's game. For you to play your, to have your part in it, you had the magical, had the great shot from JC last year in the tournament game, and so you had that run last year. But to to take full advantage of this moment in the women's sport, how cognizant of it are you? I know you're probably next game up, and you're worried about all that. But in terms of the bigger picture, where the women's game is right now, what is it like to be on this stage, and and how much are you and your and your kids enjoying it? Yeah, no, it is a great time to be involved with this sport. You know, last year was just incredible. The, the, like you mentioned, the, the, the NCAA tournament, the viewership and just the, the passion, the energy. And if you look around the Big Ten around the country, everybody's attendance numbers are way up. And so it's really cool to be a part of this. I'm really happy for our kids that they get to experience things like this. You know, not only what we did yesterday, but some of the environments that we're going to, see on the road. I mean, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in Iowa City for the last regular season game of the year. We're going to be walking into a hornet's nest. I think we all know that. Uh, but that's, that's going to make it cool, though. It's going, to make it, it's going to make it fun. And and this is what you know people who are invested in women's basketball have dreamed of. And, and we're making great progress, and we got to keep pushing. And that's the, the next thing for you, too. And you mentioned this earlier. Now you have to make sure that this isn't the peak, right? Now you have to yep. go get bigger things. You're 15 and three. You're six and one in the league. You handed Iowa their first loss of the season. You beat Iowa. You can beat anybody. You got a veteran team. You got stars across the roster. How do you, what, what was it like in the locker room afterwards? How do you make sure that yesterday wasn't the Super Bowl? Well, really great question. And I explained it like to, to the team yesterday. Number one, the obvious of, you know, we've taken a couple tough losses early on this year and we've responded. Now we got to respond after a great win and we got to handle success now and we got to make sure, hey, enjoy it. Sunday was the day to enjoy it. Now we're, we're on to the next one. That's the first thing. The second thing is every season, every team's a little different. And last year we had a really unique season from the standpoint of we almost, we peaked twice. We were yeah. incredible the first three weeks of the season. 
And then we had, and we were as good as anybody in the country. I, I really believe that. Yep. And then we had these injuries, and, and we had a, a really struggle during the middle part of the season. But then we got healthy again and kind of peaked again at the end and played really well in the NCAA tournament. And that, that really doesn't happen. This particular team we have this year, I still think we're a ways from being who we're capable of being. And part of it is we brought in a couple fifth-year um, players who – like Celeste Taylor, who's really talented, and, and she's just getting more comfortable, more comfortable impacting our team each week as it goes on. So I still think we have a ways to go to be who we're capable of being, and so we got to keep pushing in practice to make sure we keep getting better. Talking to Ohio State women's basketball coach Kevin McGuff, built an incredible program here, a, a, a monster win on Sunday against Iowa in overtime. It, it was really everything you'd want. I mean, an overtime win where you win and then – we were talking earlier, Coach, and and just for a moment on on Caitlin, we were kind of arguing. Is, is she the most recognizable college athlete? Period. It feels like she might be. She might be. I mean, she might be. She is. She's really, really recognizable. And 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 obviously, we had people come out to support us yesterday. But clearly, part of the draw yesterday was her, and rightfully so. She's a spectacular generational type player. But, I mean, you look at, like, her NIL opportunities or however yeah. you want to measure most recognizable, she's certainly in the conversation as most recognizable. And I think what it, and I think this is something that's really cool for your program is, is when you do what you did yesterday, now the same can be applied. You talk about this NIL. This is the world win. It's an NIL world. Those same opportunities are now part of your program. Uh, you think about – you have all of – I, I mentioned Cody and JC because they were incredible, but you have more than that. But, like, those are Ohio women who – boy, they got a big stage, and they shined as bright as can be, Coach. Yeah, I mean, I was so happy for J.C. Sheldon, who's invested so much in this program, and you know, she's from right here in Dublin. She's just yep. a great kid. And then the performance Cody had yesterday, my gosh, I mean, she was just incredible. And she just single-handedly on some of those possessions just willed us to baskets, willed us to rebounds. And so, and if you spend any time around Cody, like, her personality is just so amazing. Like, she, she's going to She's going to have some great opportunities in NIL, and rightfully so. Coach, with JC, uh, first of all, you kn- I knew she was making all the free throws. Like, there's no chance she was making yeah. free throws. Yeah. Zero chance. Like, that's yeah. those are bottoms. Last year, after she hit the shot in the tournament, uh, we tried getting her on the show, and sh- and uh, I reached out to SID, and, and they were like, she's in, she's in. It's like, actually, she her, a class got changed. She's got to go to class. And I thought, well, there's your student athlete. Like that's right. that's it. Yeah. She was she had to go to class. I thought that's the coolest thing ever. Like that's still that's still the the, the way that it is, Coach. I'll share this anecdote with you. I was at boys youth basketball yesterday, fourth and sixth grade, and there's yeah, you know how those youth basketball things are. There's a thousand people, and at the venue we were at, there's four courts, and there's a giant TV in the front once you enter the building. And as we were coming out. um, and, and for, from our game, there were a couple hundred people, and this was this was boys basketball, sixth grade boys basketball. A couple hundred people standing and cheering, and you know you lose track when you're coaching. I thought, God, is this an NFL game? I don't know what, what, what's going on. I knew your game was going on, obviously, in the back of my head, but you lose track of it. And I popped out. There were probably 200 people gathered around a television watching your game. Wow, that's that's huge, yeah, that's man. Really cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. And that's the thing. It's like we have really, really, really great young women in our program. And uh, I think they're making an impact in this community with, with young girls and, yeah. and really modeling the way of what it can be to be a student athlete at Ohio State and have success. And so I'm really proud of that because got great kids who are really, really great in the community. 
You built a hell of a program, buddy. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's let's. I'm really excited to see what the next couple months can be. Congratulations on a really cool day, and hopefully it leads to a lot of more good ones coming up. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Kevin McGuff, head women's basketball coach at Ohio State, a monster win, 192 over Iowa in a game that was a sellout that had everything you'd want. Really checked every box. I mean, you can't. A lot of people came to play. See Caitlin Clark. She goes for 45. But then you get two Ohioans who light it up on the Buckeye side of things. It checked every single box and crosses over. One of those things that transcends the normal people who watch the sport into everyone watching the sport. Just real quick, there's about 10 hours of sports yesterday yeah. that you started in Columbus at noon. And then you yeah. ended in Buffalo around like 10, 30? Mm-hmm. Right about 10 o'clock, yeah. yeah. But, and to make it even better in the building yesterday, they played the Space Jam song at one point to hype up the crowd, and it was dogs catching Frisbees at halftime. So oh, no, a Red perfect Panda. overall day. Where's Red Panda? Like That's know. the halftime act you get for a game like that. Yeah, you should have. Red Panda was in the South. I saw last week in the South, so I think that's what happened there. So you got dogs catching Frisbees. Means time, Buddy Garrity, anytime he's outside, relentlessly pursuing deer poop through snow like that's the whole operation <laughs> he's so got quite the nose on him he oh he's yeah he's quite the hound three things on a monday up next bishop and friends right here on the fan we're known for three things games conversation and common man yelling about things only he cares about the fan ohio sports destiny every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Hi, Reese. What do you have the poll? Daily Fan Poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. The Daily Fan Poll asks, what grade would you give the Ohio State football program this offseason? A, B, C, D, or F are the obvious grades. 86% say A, 9% say B. 1.5% say C and 3% say a D or an F. I would be D and F are just being punks, but like who's the B guy? What's your beef? I would be interested to hear what they have to say. What's but, the beef? Yeah, the other I ones hear, are nonsense. Some people say like, "Oh yeah, well wake me up when they fix the offensive line." Well, they they got well, they the center from Alabama. So that'll help. They got Donovan Jackson coming back who yeah. could have gone to the draft. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do with the offensive line? Then I heard people bitching about Bill O'Brien. I'm like, dude, Nick, C- Nick Siciliano used to have that post at Ohio State. Like, can we – this dude's a dude. Yeah. Like, he t- helped keep a Penn State program afloat. He went to the – he won divisions in the NFL, and he's going to be your offensive coordinator. It's who Ryan Day wanted, too. It doesn't sound like Good they Lord. just settled on something. No, it's exactly – no, my God, the last two people to hire him were Saban and Belichick. Like, come on, man. People. I, it's anything else than an A, you're an idiot. All right, three things. Hit it. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, I just saw this from Schefter, that Harbaugh's getting his second interview with the uh, with the Chargers. And this is coming on the heels of Belichick getting a second interview with Atlanta. What more? What more do you need to know? Like you've talked, you've vetted, you know him. Like, won't both these things be official in the next couple of days? Feels like it. Like, why do we have to have a second interview? Are you going to have a second interview with multiple people? Like, 
And why is this all? Why do they make this all so public all the time with this this new trend of like we have to tell everybody we interview all the time? Like Harbaugh's going to coach the Chargers, Belichick's going to coach the Falcons. That's where we're headed. First one for me yesterday in the arena. There were some signs that they were giving out, and so some of the younger people made some signs. Some of them were OSU, some of them were Caitlin Clark, whatever. But one of them said, "Happy birthday, Caitlin!" And I was like, "Oh, is it her birthday today?" So I looked it How up. Did you not know? And I said, "Caitlin Clark birthday. It's actually today. She's 22 years old. So happy birthday to Caitlin Clark." On an unrelated note, also happy third anniversary, J Lo. <laughs> Yes, Caitlin Clark's birthday oh is our anniversary. <laughs> oh my god! And then you just made it one thing. You just celebrated Caitlin Clark's birthday and your anniversary. Hey, oh two god. birds, one stone. We're talking about the it's day. Gonna, it's going to be you and Kip on the couch, brother. <laughs> it's you and Kip on the you and Kip on the couch. That's where you're headed. First thing for me, Browns general manager Andrew Barry's holding court during the last hour, talking about things Cleveland needs to do in the offseason, and we're going to talk about this so much over the next couple of months. The Browns, under no circumstances, can bring Joe Flacco back into that room if they want Deshaun Watson to work. There is no chance Joe Flacco can be the backup to Deshaun Watson if you want Watson to be somewhat the quarterback that was promised with $320 million. It's going to be a monster topic. Is that exact one? We'll we'll probably get into that a little bit tomorrow, maybe on the program. Uh, number two for me, I got to tell you. So we had I had hoops at eight a.m. I've had a seven o'clock game Saturday night, and then an eight a.m. game about forty minutes from home yesterday. And the number one breakfast from McDonald's remains undefeated: egg McMuffin hash browns coffee. I haven't had one in years, years. But we were pretty remote; not a lot of options. Good job. Always undefeated. McDonald's breakfast is still just so good. It's the best. Yeah, they kill it. Second one for me, Bo. There wasn't there wasn't a ton on Friday, and we didn't want to like lock into a movie, so we actually have uh, you know somebody was nice enough to share their Sling account with us once, and we usually really only use it to watch NFL Red Zone. But we're like, hey, let's just flip around and just kind of go between things, which is something you really like. Oh, big flipper. The yeah. problem was we never could find an anchor show. Obviously, you know, a lot mm. of times for you, it's a it's a game or something, and you can go back. Yep. To, we couldn't find that, and so it just turned into there are just so many commercials. And also, 10,000 BC is still terrible. I only watched the last 10 <laughs> minutes of it, but it's still bad. The way the only way it works is you if it's sporting event, and then the other thing is something on a movie channel. So and a movie that you know so that you can jump so in HBO, and you know what's going on. Okay. HBO, Showtime, Stars, one of those. So you can jump over to that, go back to your game. That's, That's the, the only secret. way it works. You have to have a movie channel, yeah. So the Lions are at the Niners Sunday night in the NFC Championship. Earlier today, Detroit signed Zach Ertz to their practice squad. Tom Pelissaro says they'll expect to activate him for Sunday. Talk about a good time to get on board. Like we're all like jumping on the Lions bandwagon. Zach Ertz is literally jumping on the Lions bandwagon. If they're able to win, he gets a ring. What is his? When did he get hurt? Was that early this year? I didn't watch a ton of uh, Cardinals games this season. He was season. a big like he he was. I'm or did he, I think he, he just got old quick. The the, Is that what it was? the Eagles finally cut bait with him, and I, yeah, he just was never the same player yeah, after he that. Started seven games for the Cardinals, but he asked them to release him. Yeah, so he kind of pulled a Dalvin Cook as well. Like, hey, you're not and using me much. Never. I'd like to go to a contender. Well, yeah, he finally found his way onto one. Yeah, perfect time to do it. Yeah, perfect time to do it. Um, 
Number three to me, uh, for me, I started the, the show with the quote from Shelby Foote in the Civil War doc by Ken Burns. Um, it organically popped into my head when I saw all of this stuff that Ohio State was doing. I, it's in there forever, a delible memory for me. Um, that's a spectacular piece of, it's, it's not even, it's living history almost. It's so much more than entertainment. Um, and I've thought about it a lot in the last 24 hours or so because I was thinking about that quote. And, um, if, if you have, I think it streams, you probably have to buy it on PBS or buy it through Amazon or something like that. And it's a long haul, like it's 10 hours, but it is as comprehensive and as well done as anything that's ever been made. Last one for me. It, every year this time of year when we get our first like legitimate snowfall, so many people just don't shovel their driveway. When they get in central Ohio, it's going to be 50 degrees by Wednesday and it'll all melt. But I'm, I'm big on you should shovel your driveway so you're not dealing with ice in the inter, in between days. Uh, second, that one. Third thing for me, shameless plug for a shameless bud. Kevin McGuff's going to be on with Timmy Hall on the Buckeye Roundtable tonight at 648. We've got the Holtman Show coming up next. But if you want to hear Kevin McGuff from our interview earlier, go and subscribe to that Bishop and Friends podcast, friends. There you go. Let's stack some wins across the boards, men and women's team. Stack some wins here going forward. Uh, we are back tomorrow. Coach Holtman coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you, too. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. The Fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by Mary Haven. Mary Haven Gambling Intervention Program, where free help is available to gamblers and their loved ones. Jared Goff began his career 0-7 against the spread with the Rams in his first season. He's now 70-45-2 against the spread, 61% since, including 52-29-1 against the spread the last five years. That is the best in the NFL. For your Mary Haven action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.